0: The pickles and pints. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're yeah. going to do a normal episode, although it's it's going to be hardly normal because uh, we've just spent an hour troubleshooting some IT issues. Um, but we, as usual, are going to talk about all our favorite pop culture topics: TV movies, TV, shows, movies, video games, etc., uh, while trying some crafty some tasty craft beer. My brain's not fucking working. And I if you couldn't just about tell, to say you've got yeah. sick brain. Yeah, I've got sick brain. So joining me, as always, is Dan. Hello. After many, many technical difficulties, we're here. <laughs> and Tom. G'day, fuckheads. <laughs> I'm glad we got that 60 second buffer. So yeah, okay. no, that's the last one. <laughs> I thought I'd throw it out there.
1: Yes, mm. um, uh, I'm, I, I look like Casper again, maybe, because I'm just trying to read the back of the can I just cracked open. That's okay. I'm, That's the I'm of some done beers. Yeah. I, I'll go first,
2: because I've half drunk mine, because I didn't have to do anything in the tech support, except seeing the uh, Golden Valley gold theme multiple times. Go. Um, but I'm having the Hop Nation and Garage Project Pig Dog, NZ Pilsner, um, which is a Kiwi spin on the Rattenhund, traditional Pilsa that um, Hop Nation make. Um, They have added to this one. uh, They use their floor-malted Bohemian Pilsner malt uh, and then some NZ Hops, Rewaka and Pacifica. Um, And it pours a very crisp and it's going to be a little like naturally cloudy as it's been sitting here, Hmm. um, slowly going through it. Um, but it definitely has a nice nice little zesty character to it, um, that really nice bready malt all the way through. It's very, very delicious at 5%. Um, great to sit on while you watch two guys figure out what's wrong with the computer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give that a, straight off the bat a four and a half. Fucking yeah, nice. delicious.
1: Very nice. Good. Ooh. Yum, 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 yum. Peter, what are you treating your uh, disease-riddled bod- body to? <laughs>
0: Ever since the uh, the round of therapy, I haven't been that disease-riddled. Um, <laughs> uh, I am drinking a uh, I'm drinking a beer from a brewery we haven't tried before actually on the show. Uh, so this is Molly Rose Brewing Co's Radler, Heaps Mandarin.
1: Yeah. Now I I had I'm some bas- Molly Rose. I had some two Molly Roses, didn't I? Or did I drink them off camera? You drank, them, you off drank camera them off camera, friend. Of- oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're really good. they they're fast becoming my new favourite brewery. My second gotta, beer is a Molly Rose too. So yeah,
0: year. right. So this is a low arc. I don't know that it's in it, I don't think it's considered a true low arc. It's two point nine percent. So it's just just a very low ABV normal beer. Um and I don't know what a Rattler is in terms of a style, but I can tell you it's it's almost like a, a rice beer. It's it's
1: very, very pale. Rattlers um, are light, uh light German beers that usually have Lime added to mm. them. Kind of their version of a shandy. Yeah, okay. Well, in this case it's uh Mandarin,
0: <clears throat> given it's called Heaps Mandarin. Um and I've gotta say it it it's fucking excellent, actually. I expected it to be super thin, but it's like it's almost if it wasn't as thin as it is in reality, it wouldn't suit the style, if that makes sense. Mm. So Um, and it's it it has changed in the first from the very first sip to three or four sips in it actually has changed but i don't know if that's because i've got some sort of non-covid upper respiratory tract infection so obviously my taste buds aren't on point Um, but i got a lot of mandarin in that first hit and it almost tasted it's funny um uh, tom was saying bready it almost tasted bready don't know why it doesn't really make much sense but it's it's not, it doesn't have that Pilsner malt kind of quality to it, but it is something that's a bit different. It's not what I would expect. So it's not a lager, and you can tell it's not a lager. Um,
1: yeah, I've been, I've been eyeing that rattler off every time I've placed an order, so I might um, get some and see what it's like.
0: Yeah, I think you should. Um, I'm going to give it a four. That's, um, that's impressive for
1: a 2.9%. That is very impressive. And I've uh, I've broken my uh, hatred streak of a certain style. Wow! It's a Don't wet hell, a wet hop hazy. Oh, uh, Sapphire Coast, a wet hop hazy from Seeker down in Wollongong, and it's really good. It's probably not as hoppy as what I would expect from a hop pellet one, but it's only two uh, two. Got me thinking in twos of alcohol content now. Five point four percent. So it's a it's a hazy. It's definitely a hazy pale, not a hazy IPA. So it, it passes on that that uh, that hop character level, but the 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 fruit character that's coming off that really nice. Um, tropical fruit characters coming off that. It's got a good aroma to it. It's got mm. a good good haze level to it. It's, mm. a, it's a pretty color. It's holding its head retention really well. It's a really really excellent version of what wet hot beer should be and definitely the first one i've had that not only thought was good but actually enjoyed so oh, right yeah well done well done Super happy Wars. days that's um, that's 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 the reward you needed after all that that tech <laughs> <laughs> you know, i've got to be honest there was about halfway through that i'm like fuck it i'm giving up and i'm opening this beer because it's been staring me in the face for about Two and a half weeks in the in the fucking <laughs> fridge, uh, so I almost did finish it and not not drink it on the podcast because I honestly didn't think we were going to get that sound issue sorted out. <laughs> so- I I didn't <laughs> think we were either. <laughs> well, it's a it's done and it's good, and I think this is this is a absolutely solid beer. It's a it's a four seven five every day of the week. Yeah, wow,
0: fucking heavy hitters early on in the podcast. I think everyone's just happy to be fucking recording. Um, we're gonna have to. Talk through everything pretty quickly because uh, we got places to be after this. So eh, don't worry about it. Um, that's okay. We can we can talk to us. Let's them. kick o- <laughs> let's kick off with some news. We interrupt this broadcast with some breaking
2: news from the front.
0: Um, go go, Peter Ranger. I, I put this I put this entry in just for Dan because he was so like animatedly upset that they were making a Barbie movie and that it was. An example of like how broken society in a consumer or consumeristic or capitalistic world it is to even be making a Barbie movie. And here we are two weeks after it opened and it's just about to break the $1 billion mark, which- just goes to prove it wasn't for me. Mental. Yeah. It's apparently very- I've had multiple people have seen
2: it and multiple people who- that's actually friends from work who do a film podcast and they rave about how good it is. Um- (laughs) But again, it's just, I'm I'm not interested in seeing that or Oppenheimer. I, couldn't give a, Couldn't give a flying fuck about either of them. So I like, did Oppenheimer.
0: Sure. I did love the Barbie Oppenheimer crossover, though. So there was a, and I, I'm actually you need to forward the picture that I put in in chat, Tom, to your fiance, please, because she was. I was talking to her about it when we went to see Sisu, and she laughed her head off. Um, yep. And I, I forgot to mention it to you. So, so in Japan, they accidentally put the Barbie subtitles over yeah. the top of the Oppenheimer movie, and so now it's become a thing. Barbieheimer, or was it? Oh, barbenheimer has been going. That's been
2: going for since they were, announced they're releasing on the same day. That's that's been the tagline for a while. The, the, but that's
3: uh,
1: how they that's how they yeah. fucked it up. Sorry, Tom. Uh, just a just a uh, pleasant coincidence that they ended up doing that putting the subtitles. How do you do that? You could only do that in a digital age, I reckon. Yes. No. No, You you couldn't have done that in an analog age. No, because in an analog age, the subtitles would have been baked into the film. On the film. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, interesting. Um, Next little piece of news, and we will talk. We we are not going to spend an hour on Witcher three, but we will talk about sorry, Witcher season three. Yes. but get we will things, get these things correct. But we will talk, Let's talk about, about Witcher 3.
3: Have you ever heard of a game <laughs> called Gwent?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we will talk about Witcher season 3 later on in the podcast. But there is a bit of news associated with it, uh, which just made me laugh in disgust. So, mm. um, Witcher producer Tomek Bag- Baginski blames dumb Americans for the failure of the Witcher franchise. Sorry, it just
2: sounds like a, a Polish hobbit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tom yeah, Baginski. Baginski Beg- <laughs> Hill. Yeah. Uh, and he's, so he's quoted as saying, when a series is made for a huge, massive viewers with different experiences from different parts of the world, and a large part of them are, are Americans, these simplifications not only make sense, they are necessary. Uh, he was talking to Hollywood Reporter. It's painful for us and for me too, but the higher level of nuance and complexity will have a smaller range. It won't reach people. So. So, uh, and and so he's all previously been quoted. So essentially what he's saying, and, and it was, in, so back into the context from the Hollywood Reporter article that he was talking to uh, or talking about, he was talking about why it went from hideously complex and confusing in season one to a much simpler and a much less successful season two, and then a complete flop with Blood Origin and then an even bigger flop with season three. Apparently it's it's not been striking audiences at all. Um and that was his answer, was essentially to say Americans are dumb, so we had to dumb down the storyline. Um, but he's also previously suggested the show was forced to simplify its story for younger audiences, quote, again, as inspired only by emotions rather than plot after being raised on things like YouTube and TikTok. So, again, <laughs> he's he's just blaming the kids. Meanwhile, and I love this, meanwhile, S- Sapkowski has just announced that he's writing his first new Witcher novel in over 10 years. Yes, yeah, I didn't I th- see that. Yeah, I thought you'd... I put that in there for you, mate. Nice. So, yeah, he said, I don't usually like to say stuff like this because it always comes back to haunt me because someone asked him what he's working on. He said, oh, I don't usually like saying this, but I'm working on a Witcher novel. So that was his announcement. Dan,
3: quickly bring
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> Hear him clicking. Mm. Uh, Ahsoka, it's a little tidbit. Ahsoka opens later this month with a double episode. So they're going to be releasing it bit by bit, which is a little annoying. Um, but the f- the first two episodes will drop at the same time towards the end of August, uh, and it will be movie l- feature length, so an hour and a half, basically between the two eps. Good I, way I to still don't mind it.
2: I, I like having my weekly weekly little thing to look forward to, the, rather than the big dump. I know yeah. that uh, Disney yeah. Plus is now changing that with the um, with Loki and stuff going forward, but mm. yeah, it's just something to you know. Get me through the week. Be like, oh, yeah. it's Wednesday, it's Star Wars night. Well, no, oh, it's Saturday morning, <laughs> it's Bad
1: Batch time. You know, yeah. one of those things. Yeah, totally get that. Um, no, there's no information on that novel. Not yet. No. Yeah. Uh, he's only just announced it. Yeah.
0: Um, I, and then this little piece of information I found surprising. So Gal Gadot has confirmed that James Gunn and whatever his name, Saffron's uh, version of DC Studios. Are developing a third Wonder Woman movie after it the previous threequel was axed. So they were always going to do well. um, uh, Patty Jenkins was always planning three Wonder Woman Wonder Woman movies. (laughs) Yeah, I know I got that (laughs) wrong.
3: Sorry,
0: I recovered. (laughs) Well, Um, it could be if they're going to bring in um, Wonder Girl, it could be multiples. Yep. Um, Yeah. So she's so it. This is basically going to be a reboot rather than a, a sequel. Um, but Gal Gadot seems to have survived the mass sackings. So she will be reprising her role in a reboot of wonder woman. And I find that really surprising. It basically says that if they felt that they had cast any of the other actors like well enough, then they may well have kept them past that threshold of, you know, wiping out everything that came before. Yeah. Right.
1: It's so, like, the- but isn't isn't um, Momoa still getting an Aquaman too?
0: That's yes, but why? that's because they'd already finished principal shooting before Saffron and and Gunn took over. But like, if pull- you've already sunk eight hundred out of a billion, 800 million out of a billion dollars into a movie, why the fuck wouldn't you just finish it?
2: That's, yeah, that's a good point.
0: I mean, they, they put the flash out <laughs> with <laughs> yeah, all the yeah, shit yeah, that yeah, they've yeah, gone yeah, through yeah, for that. Yeah, so, yeah, pickle. Yep. Um I just found it interesting that hey well then there's no fucking reason to have gotten rid of Cavill as Superman then. Cuz if you if Gal Gadot can survive the mass execution then surely he could have.
1: Well I think the only reason they would do things like that would be they want to take Superman in a different direction. Well that so, announced the new Superman. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So he's
2: very different.
1: Yeah, they want to take it in a different direction so having the same character in I think it would just Confuse audiences? Dumb, dumb audiences <laughs> would confuse the people that aren't in in, in the depths of it like we yeah. tend to get uh, if he was a drastically different Superman going into a, another one. But I think with um, Gal, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, I think there's enough pivot room there because they were set in different times. You had the World War One story and then you had a 1984 story. So I think mm. if they're going to do a modern a modern era set, I think they've, they've got more than enough pivot room to, to change her character if they have to. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, is, my, is my take on it, is why that, that actor would survive
3: on Why sure. it would, yeah,
0: yeah, makes sense. Apparently the third entry from Patty Jenkins was based on a, like a 2017 era Wonder Woman. So okay. modern. So it went from World War I to
1: 80s to now. Yeah, well, then that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, I think they've got yeah. more than enough room to pivot there a little bit. But, I mean, realistically, I don't think they will because I think her character, even in the 1984 one, I know a lot of people hated it, but I just I just got old Christopher Reeve Superman vibes from it, so I didn't mind it. Yeah. And I know it had its massive issues on storytelling and all that sort of stuff, but I thought there were some, some good moments in there. Hmm. And I, I think that will slip straight easily into a more – positive Superman story over the Man of Steel and BVS side of things. So, um, I think that wouldn't actually be that much pivoting. So, I can Hmm. see how it makes sense. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Still haven't seen it, but
2: whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't. It's not worth your time, Tom. Trust me. Hmm.
2: Yep. Over to you for the news, Tom. Oh, yes. Well, Peter, I threw some Assassin's Creed news at you there. You did? Um, The uh, Ubisoft developer um, was interviewed recently and he said that uh, Mirage is actually a much shorter entry in the series, uh, about 25 to 30 hours for a, like a platinum playthrough or a completionist, um, main story taking around 20 hours um, and that the size of Baghdad will be uh, roughly the size of Paris from Unity um, in terms okay. of the, the the
0: scope of it. But, but it's, Paris um, wasn't small. Unity yeah, was but it, I, I think it's game. more,
2: it's not going to be the 100 hours yet to sink into Odyssey or or yeah. um, Valhalla. I you didn't know, I started that, but yeah.
0: Um, I can't, yeah. I, I, I can't help but think that's related to the fact that they're trying to develop eleven AC games simultaneously. Yeah, I left out all the stuff that, that
2: was in the news about the um the code name J, the mobile, because I didn't think anyone really cared. No. Um the other bit that did come, out, which I've got to write in there, but it's still in my little brain hole, um, was that there's no planned DLC for this entry either. So it's just Mirage so and that's one, what you get. one
0: and done. Yeah. One okay. and done. Yeah. Just feels to me like they're just trying to—they're rushing to something. Yeah, right. I don't know. I'm not sure what, but they're rushing to something. It just feels like 20 hours is sloppy considering all of their games. I mean, even if you think even um, uh, what was the, can't remember that a uh, syndicate was mm. was a tiny map set in London. Um, yeah. I, I know London felt big, but in the scheme of like Rome and and all of the other settings that you'd gone through. Mm. London was quite small in the end, uh, and yet that was a full-fledged game. So, uh, like a full-length game. So, for them to be putting out a new game at twenty hours, to me, it feels like they're trying to rush towards their new VR, Animus multi-game fucking system they're trying to build, where it's basically AC becomes a platform to deliver game content rather than putting out an, an actual game. I don't know.
1: Yeah,
3: mm. I but mean, I mean,
1: original AC kind of been. More than 20 25 hours you' gonna quickly look that up yeah I am because it's an interesting it, comment it didn't have any from memory have side quests or anything like that and I know it's a lot older but 15 I would have said hours it, yeah yeah
0: a completionist place playthrough will take at least 30 um yeah. and I guess it depends on how long you was you were sitting there listening to people talk before figuring out your quarry mm. I guess if you're a dumb American who doesn't understand <laughs> which th- Season 3, then it might take longer. <laughs> it's going to be the running joke now for a oh, I while. I think it might even be the title, just Dumb Americans. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> How to alienate at least half of your audience. No, yeah, you got to
1: exactly. you got to write it like uh, one of those uh, Albert Einstein quotes where it has dumb Americans and then whatever his name is below it. <laughs> yeah. No, yes. misquoting people might get us in trouble. today. yeah. yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> we'll just call it Sepos. There
0: you go.
3: Anyway, um, uh,
2: some Magic the Gathering news for our little uh, card-playing friends out there. Which is Um, fucking
0: bullshit news.
2: This is also, yeah, weird. Um, So they've created the new Lord of the Rings shoot-off of Magic the Gathering, um, and as part of that, the big hullabaloo that got into this was they created one one ring card in the entire world. They only printed one. It was given a 9 out of 10 rating or whatever, some dude found it, and for reasons unknown to man, God, society, he decided to sell it for $2 million. Well, it was valued at $2 million. They haven't said how much he sold it for, but he sold it to Post Malone, the recording artist.
0: Um, he sold it for $1.87. Well,
2: there you go. I didn't see that it was an actual, actual uh,
0: figure and, put on it. And, and, the, and the real noise about this was essentially that um, this card was essentially made to- sell to Post Malone.
3: Right. <laughs> Essentially,
0: because Post Malone- So Post Malone had already held the world record for the Is most Is he a Magic paid. the Gathering? Is yes, there like, was no, a okay. mad MTG Okay, fan. okay. that makes yeah. a lot more sense, right? Yeah. Because I wasn't sure of
2: the connection, the article I read wasn't very
0: clear on it. So he had already set the world record for the most money ever paid for a rare card, and right. that was uh, 850000 US for a- Nine point nine quality, I can't remember what it was, like a shadow mm. something. I don't know. Um and so they they the 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 theory is that for for the guys that make Magic the Gathering, I can't remember who the company is. It's not Wizards of the Coast, is it? It might no, actually know. be. Um Sorry, there's probably got listeners screaming at me right now. <laughs> How can you not
3: fucking know?
0: It's Hasbro. Um, so, so, fa- so the the rumor essentially was that Hasbro created this one print card specifically to try and sell it to Post Malone. Just Whoever give the man a card. It. Whoever would, yeah, but it it creates hype and interest yeah. and yeah.
2: yeah. Because it was and- just it was just placed in like a random deck.
0: Yes, correct.
2: Yeah, it wasn't like you couldn't you couldn't get hold of it except if you opened a ten pack and it was in there,
0: which is so mm. fucking stupid too. Because what happens if that pack had been like set on fire accidentally and a card store burned down? Then no one would ever have found the card. It's such a stupid boy. I mean- if that was the
2: case, if it wasn't found in like the certain time, I'm sure they just would have printed another one. Gone, <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah. We've we've still got the yeah. file. We'll just uh whip well, out, si- out that JPEG and just you know slap it on with some glue. There you go.
0: Well, the 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 are sifting through the ashes <laughs> of this card store and just pick this thing up and. It's just the, the, the writing. It's the one ring card glowing for but a it couple hasn't seconds. Burned. No, yeah. everything else is burned yeah, around it exactly. except the card. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That'd be so much cooler.
0: And then as it cools, the fucking mm. writing disappears. Mm. Yeah. The packet disappears like uh, the envelope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. I actually okay, I'm less angry about that news now. Okay. That's good. Cool. Well done. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Context. Um, I didn't realise that he was such
0: a, a
3: massive. Yeah, he's magic a mad TG fan.
2: Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, in that case, enjoy it, Mr. Malone. It's like pre- or with post. his fucking
0: Warhammer forty K.
2: Ah, oh, okay. That's 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 good. Well, there you go. So yeah, and some and some random dude got two million dollars or one. What a society
0: or. we live in, though. Like you think about it, when we were growing up, we used to get the shit kicked. Well, no, maybe not literally, but certainly alienated because we were into comic books. Um, we were the nerds, and now not only do we have Cavill, one of the biggest movie stars in in Hollywood at the moment, openly, you know, talking about Warhammer forty k and how much he loves playing. Dungeons and Dragons and painting yeah. miniatures and playing board games. And now you've got one of the world's most accoladed uh, current musicians, a mad fan for the nerdiest, stinkiest fucking board, um, card game in history. It's just, yeah. geez, we've come a long way in 30, 40 years. It's our time to rise. <laughs> the revolution is now. Yeah, right. Revenge of the nerds. <clears throat>
2: Um, speaking of revenge, uh, mm. Ubisoft, because they're a bunch of dicks, uh, <laughs> apparently have canned an unannounced Phoenix Rising sequel, which I'm I'm a bit annoyed about because I really liked that game. That was a really fun little one. Apparently, this one was going to be set in uh, Polynesia as well, um, mm. so they'd started doing some proof of concept stuff for it. Yeah, I heard that. That would have been really interesting. Yeah, and it was involved shape-shifting, uh, controlling elements, all that kind of stuff, and it was like, yeah, that sounds sick, and they've gone, nah, we're not going to do it. It's like- Psych. Well, you know what? <laughs> Ubisoft, you can fuck off. Fuck um, off. Yeah. Um Peter again for you. Fuck I'm nice to you today. Um <laughs> Bethesda have put out a bunch of animated shorts uh showcasing the three major cities in Starfield. Um
0: on their YouTube I haven't page. seen that. yet I'm going to watch that after this recording. Yeah,
2: I thought that might be nice for you. A little thing. Um so yeah, they they're, they're up there now. You can they can jump on the Bethesda page and watch that. Kind of reminds me of um I don't know if you guys remember watching all that uh uh star wars old republic they used to do that as well they do like like a history of um certain events leading up to like things you'd play in the game and i think it's mm. meant to be like that it's like a little they focus on one character who lives in that city and gives you a perspective of what you're kind of yeah that's involved, cool a like nice that. little world building thing like yeah. externally um if you're if you're interested um and lastly, we got some new PS Plus games for those who uh, are interested. You've got PGA Tour 20K23, <laughs> th- which is golf. If anyone wants to play golf on their PlayStation, I can think of nothing worse because golf sucks. Uh, <laughs> you got Dreams, which is you build games within get the game um, and you share it. Uh, it's apparently quite quite fun and creative. Uh, it's from the same studio that brought uh, like Little Big Planet, so they've always kind of done these games where you, you build things within the air engine. Um, And then Death's Door, which is a kind of cartoony, isometric action adventure game um, where you uh, battle demons and monsters and all sorts of good things. Um, And for those, you know, this isn't one of the free games, but they also, and yep, got to put it out there, Pete, but they have put 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 a high high on life has been uh, sneakily released on PlayStation basically a week after Pete bought an Xbox. I, uh,
0: <laughs> I I didn't buy the Xbox to play the game. It was a, a, a kind of a benefit, side benefit to it. I'm glad though. I'm you know it, I, for about ten minutes, I'm like fucking mongrel bastards. <laughs> but then it's like no, nah, because it means you guys get to play the game if you want to.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. If it goes on the um on on uh, any of the tiers of PS Plus, I'll definitely grab it. Or if it goes mm. it's been like eighty bucks at the moment. I'm not gonna I'm not that keen to play it. Yeah. Um, Which the is the only I, reason I actually. I'm not- yeah, the thing I'd love to see from you, Pete, is if you do go and replay it on the PlayStation, if you find which one handles better.
0: Yeah, I, I will definitely. Because yeah. I, I was thinking I should buy a game on Xbox that I've already p- finished on PlayStation 5 just to see the mechanics. Of, you know, the, the quality is different, um, the different physical mechanics from the controllers. But yeah. anyway, we'll talk about that towards the end with um, Are You Winning, Son? I think I'll just briefly talk about the Xbox. Yeah. Cool. Should we That's get into a second beer?
2: Let's
3: yeah. get into a
1: second beer. I'm going to crack it. Yeah, we're arm. making up some time, which is good. Well, I've, I'm going to jump straight in. Um, I've got a dark wheat beer, much to Tom's disgust.
3: Yeah, gross. <laughs> Fuck.
1: From uh, Deeds Brewing. So I saw this on there and I, uh, oh, Pete's got it too. Well, <laughs> Pete, I had, to, um, I had to get the pronunciation of this right. So I uh, messaged the token German. <laughs> and uh, asked him to pronounce it for me. Can so I have a guess w- first? Yeah, sure. Uh, Schadenfreude. Close. Yeah, cool. so direct from the uh, head brewer at Filter. Uh, here we go. Hey Dan, yeah, sure can. So uh, this is pronounced Schadenfreude. Freude. I repeat, Schadenfreude.
3: <laughs> that's cool <laughs> um, there we go uh,
0: I really thank, like you, it. thank you Max <laughs>
1: who's now head brewer at uh, Filters well, right? I said that just yeah. before oh you did you sorry it. I did um, Block you, I think it's really nice it's a it's a nice uh, subtle wheat beer it's not over the top in the esters or anything like that it's funny the dark malts don't really provide too much malt characteristic to it Um it's still it's, it's. I guess it's kind of does have that a bit more of a multi backbone to it, but the Esther flavor profile's down. Mine's been sitting out for the whole hour and a half now since the uh, the tech difficulty. So was mine, which is actually what I wanted to do. Why I got it out of the fridge at the start when we were meant to start was to let it warm up a bit. I think it's really nice. I think it's a really good um, it's probably. <clears throat> Oh yeah, any time of year, I reckon. I'd I'd like yeah, to sit there it's, in it's sort of dark, spring or autumn. Yeah, it's not a dark that's that's just a winterish beer um, mm.
0: for me. So I I disagree, and maybe and 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 this is probably going to be because of my cold or whatever this is. Um, first of all, you get hit by a shitload of banana esters, which, as you mm. mentioned, the ester profile is really down. Um,
1: I get, I get black malt. Yeah, there there definitely is some malt there. I just I, I almost coffee grinds. Yeah, 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 and it does have that that sort of bitter astringency to those darker malts too. Mm. I don't know. I guess I just expected it maybe to be a little bit stronger. The, the yeah, the I mean it is only five percent. Th- it's still it's still only a very light uh, light bodied wheat beer as well. Mm. Mm. Um, so I guess. That would have overpowered everything if they'd thrown and probably put it out of balance if it had been too heavy on the the dark molds
3: It's very agreeable
1: because you you do have to balance it. Bananas, I mean, whilst the banana
0: ester is strong, I reckon you could easily have overbalanced it with mm. too much dark mob. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm enjoying this and it's
1: it's cool to see and like a different dark beer, like an unusual dark beer. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of the reasons why I got it too. I've been blink- drinking plenty of stouts and imperial stouts lately, so it was nice to grab something that was just a, a little bit different and a little bit lighter too. Do you get any, I don't want to say farmhouse, but that
0: almost Belgian yeast, the Ester, Ester profile
1: reminds me, it's like an echo of the Belgian yeast flavours. Yeah, I mean they are kind of similar. The Belgian, the Belgian and like French saison side of things is a bit more spicy and peppery. This is the the German wheat beer side of things always it leans more <clears throat> towards that lolly, banana, clove, hmm. cinnamony kind of um, side of the spice spectrum. Not quite as kind of peppery Pronounced, as the, yeah. the Belgian, and that can be.
3: Yeah,
1: I'm thoroughly enjoying this.
0: Um, so I'm going to give it a four and a half. Yeah. We'll-
3: 425. All right, let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) 425.
0: Well, I can't give it a a 4.5, so. (laughs) Uh, Tom, what are you
2: drinking, mate? That's your uncle talking. Um, I am drinking the Molly Rose Short and Stout Dry Stout. You can see that. There you go. Yep. Happy days. Um, (laughs) It is Um, 4.3%. Yeah, the whole thing is they want to be a little... uh, Easy drinking, um, easy drinking little stout. Uh, it's, I, it's weird. I don't get any like smokiness on the nose or anything, but it tastes real bacony, like when I'm, when I'm having it, which I obviously enjoy. Um, so I'm wondering if they are using some smoke malts in there. I've tried to have just had a quick look up, I couldn't see anything about it. It is very sessionable, um, and definitely something you could happily enjoy in warmer weather. Um, but it's going down a treat and some, you know, cold, rainy Saturday. Um, but, Yeah, I would uh Yeah, it's just it's it's throwing me off that I you know normally get that hit of smoky like mm. malt right on the when you when you stick your nose in it but now yeah, getting that kind of bacony flavor you normally get from smoke malt beers at the back. Um otherwise it's very very light. Um yeah, it's it's very good. Um yeah, I'm going to give that a four. It's delicious. Nice. Yeah, nice. Still yeah. Very good. It's throwing me off.
0: All right. Um I'm going to like I've got a lot here and I suspect that um at least some of it you guys are going to be able to to weigh in on just some mini reviews. So uh has anyone else seen the flash?
3: Nah. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a no, nah, and we, neither of us are going to either.
0: I got to say and I know uh, this I a- mean
2: I'll watch it when it's f- on, yeah, on on a streaming. Like I saw Black Adam the other night and I was like, "Oh
0: fuck it, I've got to I've got a edible in the cupboard, maybe I'll have that. And watch Black <laughs> Adam. I still I still refuse to pay for um uh, what's it called? The sequel uh, of um Shazam. Shazam two? Yeah. Did I said I, I, Fury I of I, the gods. Yeah, that's it. I, I said I I refuse to fucking pay for that movie and to this day, and it's almost been what, six months now? They still haven't they're still not streaming it for free, so fuck them. It was a complete box office flop. And uh, apparently, is it Justin Levy? Is that his name? Zachary. Levi. Zach, Zach Levi. Levi. Hey, yeah. Um, I don't know where the fuck I got Justin from. Uh, he's just digging holes at the moment with some of his commentary. He seems to have blamed everyone but himself as to why that movie flopped. And um, now he's making some weird comments about the Hollywood strikes.
3: Why would it so, be his
0: fault if it flopped? I don't know. I thought I pretty, he was. I fine thought he in wrote, directed, and fucking starred in it, didn't he? Oh, it? did he? I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't, I'm you I continue it on I, on the I will look that up. Just gonna, yeah, <laughs> that's it. I'm going to throw that fucking bomb <laughs> over the fence. Um, so I'm going to. I have the unpopular opinion that I actually enjoyed the Flash movie.
2: I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. Maybe in this setting, but uh, it's.
0: Not I think a fair, been few,
2: a-, a fair few people enjoyed the movie. They thought it was a lot better than they thought it would be, I think is probably- uh, It
0: definitely it. was yeah. a lot better than I thought it would be. I feel like their treatment of the actual Flashpoint break, break hmm. where he goes back in time and fucks the universe. Um, I actually think that the Flash TV series, the CW TV series did a better job of the, the video, the actual graphics, the special effects. Yeah. Um, having two of- um, What's their name? I can't remember. Barry um, Allen's. To, well- <laughs> No, Ezra out. Miller's. Ezra
1: Miller. Two, two Ezra Millers, thank you. Uh, wasn't there wasn't, three in the end? I wasn't there so. some grotesque Speed Force fucked uh, up Flash no. monster? No, well,
0: there is. There is the Speed Force demons, like there was in, in the Flashpoint section of the CW series, but I don't think it was him playing it. Maybe yeah. it was. Yeah, I think it is. Oh, I no, you're it right, called... it was. You're right, yeah. it was. I do remember that, sorry. But what what really got me... Is that a the blink in your miss at moment? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It's a. It's. It was. <laughs> oh, fuck off, Tom. That was
3: it was a great little flash. Yeah, show. It was. Come on. Yeah, it was a little.
0: <laughs> but um, uh, look. First and foremost, CW did yeah. a better, a better rendition of the actual core storyline. But yeah. having Michael Keaton come back as Batman was fucking brilliant. Um, Supergirl, and then revisiting um the big bad from the Superman movie. Um. Zod. Zod, thank Zod. you. Zod. Um, revisiting that just just reminded me that they really, 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 really should have <clears> done <throat> another Cavill Superman movie. I feel mm. like it was a complete waste of Cavill's talent because he was, a, in my opinion, he was a fucking great I, Superman. Yeah, we've all said we really enjoyed Man of Steel. To, and, and then he got vacuumed up into the fucking Justice League like bullshit tumbler, and he never got a second film. I enjoyed him in BVS, but he needed his own standalone film. Hmm. Um, And having Supergirl done so well and in the same style, in terms of like the realistic physics that that you get, you expect out of a fucking Nolan film from uh, Man of Steel where, you know, when he takes off, he takes off. There's there's no inertia. He just fucking lifts off at, at, you know, ultrasonic speeds or hypersonic speeds. They did the same thing with her. Right. Supergirl was brilliant the suit was excellent it was well tailored it was modernized it, I felt a little new 52 I've got to say um mm. stylistically but no I thought the film was actually really fucking good so
1: it's funny what you were just saying about a uh, Cavil Superman taking off there was this really interesting and it was a throw it was almost a throwaway um line in that was in one of the comics that was put out. Uh, said by one of Darkseid's uh, flunkies, um, and it was saying uh, the his theory on how Superman can fly and has the ability to continuously push him help push himself flying faster and faster. Isn't that he's pushing against? gravity to fly and this is all obviously very comic book yeah. science yeah. Uh, pushing against gravity he's actually being pulled rather than pushed which is why he has the ability to continually speed gain up. speed rather than having to push against the force he's being pulled by a force and that's something that stuck with me for such a long time that I look at how they interpret these Kryptonians and how they move in the movies to see whether that that sort of comes into the aspect of how they do the CG or the mm, special, effect special effects of how, how they move. Um, it was just something that stuck with me for years and years once I read that. And it was literally said and then the story moved on. It was one yep. little speech bubble in one comic that I've read hundreds <laughs> of over the years. <laughs> and but, it's and just, it just stuck with It you. just stuck with me because I thought it was such an interesting concept. And I, I kind of see it in Cavill's Superman, especially when he um, first uh, gets jumps. his- Flight's ability. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm, and it's, mm. and it sort of agitates the ground around him. And you can see that there's some other force at work. Yeah. Um, where the gravel kind of lifts when he puts his fist down. I just thought that was really interesting that it raises up the same way that they were thinking that like something is, was, was pulling him along rather than pushing him up. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I think that's really interesting.
0: I, I mean, look, the, what was the Superman uh, superman returns versus Cavill superman in man of steel mm. they were stylistic choices from a visual effects perspective whereas the way that um christopher reeves reeve would have you know the way that he flew would have been more around the limitations of technology in the era mm. that they were shooting it so that would have been mm. those would have all been crane shots and a crane can only you know accelerate so fast Particularly when you've got a human take from a wire uh, at the bottom of it. On
2: a a green screen box and he was just lying on it with his arms out. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: it wasn't until Superman, in Superman 1 and 2, the Kryptonians only do a certain amount of low-level wire work. It wasn't until Superman 3 that basically every time you saw Superman take off or land, you actually saw a good bit of sort of crane hmm. wire work where he would maybe be lifted 10, 15 meters in the air. Uh, yep. That wasn't until Superman three. So, how did they do it for one and two? Oh, they. I think they still did a little bit of that, um, but it was only very, very limited, and it was kind of. I think some of it was even um, just clever, quick, quick cuts where he would step down from a <laughs> from a slightly <laughs> higher ledge. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: We we need to do a spotlight on on visual effects. I think that's a and, and how it's evolved in mm, the movies that might that we be love blade, as a spotlight. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh anyway,
2: on. the flash, not sorry,
3: man. <laughs> sorry.
0: I'm trying to move through it That's quickly how good and it I fail. Is. Yeah. Uh Renfield. Has anyone seen Renfield? No, but I really want to see it. Mm. What's not- it on it? Yet. What's it on, I Peter? I don't remember. I probably oh, paid fuck. for it, to be honest, because I didn't want to wait. No, I did pay for it. It was on Apple TV for purchase. I'm gonna not talk about it, actually. Um, okay. I'll wait until you
1: guys have seen it. We'll talk yeah, about I'm very,
2: very uh very keen to watch that. Yeah.
1: Cool. Uh good oh, omens. Like, um- Can I just flick back? Uh, Zachary Levi did not write um, Shazam or Shazam 2. He only starred in. It was written by uh, Henry Grayson, uh, Chris Morgan, and produced by Peter Safran. So there we go. He was just an actor. Yeah, okay. Um...
2: Renfield's available on most streaming services for about $20 for those playing at home Okay. if you want to watch it.
0: I, Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, Good Omens <clears> season two. Ah-ha! I've been waiting for years for this. It was brilliant. You've seen it too,
1: Tom? Obviously, Dan. Oh,
2: we smashed it out in two nights. Yeah, three, nice. three episodes a night. Yeah.
1: I assume you haven't seen it, Dan? No, I didn't even make it through the first season. Honestly. Yeah, fair enough. I like I liked all the actors and everything like that, but there was just something about it that didn't draw me in. I've read the book too. um... So it was definitely something up my alley, but um, there's just something about it. I will I will go back and watch it, uh, I think, but I just don't have the platform that it's on at the moment. So. Yeah, fair enough. Um is there- you do. Some very nice person has shared that with you. Um. <laughs> is there two books or is there one book? No, it's just one big, thick one.
0: So I wonder if they covered... I wonder if they've invented the storyline for season two for the season or did they split the novel into two chunks and make season one the first chunk and season two the second chunk? And only somebody I, who's watched the show and read the book uh, would know that and we have neither on the show <laughs> on our podcast.
1: I, and I haven't read the book for, God, probably 20 years either. So I probably mm. couldn't even answer that if I'd seen the show.
0: Um, the subtitle of the book is "The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter," which tells me that season one aligns to the book. Season two has nothing to do with that. So, See,
2: yep, I just looked it up. The plot of the book and it finishes where season one finishes.
0: Yeah, right. Interesting. Okay. So they've they've extended
2: the story. But Neil Neil Ga- Neil Gaiman was directly involved with writing. Okay, the show.
0: So or, it's legit. Yeah. yeah
2: so he, he's he's one of if you yeah in the credits he's one of two. Um, it developed by for TV by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Cool. At least he's yeah, You know he's still involved in the writing of the the story, and you can you can definitely see that through. Like it's it feels a very natural flow on from season one.
0: Yes. Yes, it does. Um, if anything, there was a little bit too much overlap in. <sighs> it's like they they went back and revisited the meeting of um of Crowley and as Az- Azar- yeah. Um, they'd already covered that in the first TV series. They didn't really need to go back and recover it in the second. I didn't it mind a, it. I didn't mind I it. I found it a little confusing. The Yeah, the, the actual interaction in both was great, but mm. we already saw them meeting for the very first time in the Garden of Good and Evil yeah. or yeah. in the in the Garden of Eden at the start of the first series, and to then find them, to find Crowley as an angel Painting the universe before the big or just after the Big Bang or just before the Big Bang. He, and he then, turned on the Big Bang. Yes. And then yeah. Aziraphale rocking up and saying, Hey, who are you? What are you doing here? It's like, Did we forget something? Cause you can't meet for the first time twice. That's not how this works. So no, I the found the second time he met him as a as a as a demon. He introduced himself a bit like they'd never met before. Martin Sheen had no idea who well, Aziraphale had no idea who who Crowley was. In the yeah, first I, season, yeah, I,
2: I took that as it was meant to be—that it's him meeting his demon, and he, you know. But yeah, I mean, I guess he
0: does talk about I think it. There's a continuity issue. Oh yeah,
2: well, I mean, there's always something. But yeah,
0: but um, I thought it was great. the <clears throat> The second second series was was great.
1: Do you think the second season would stand up on its own if you haven't seen the first one? Yes. Oh, oh yes, yeah, okay. and
2: he's, it's pretty self contained. Like yep, like the 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 first season is very all about about the apocalypse, and this is all just. Mm. Very self-contained. It really doesn't leave the street that the bookshop's on, except yeah, for are. a couple of little scenes, yeah. It'd
3: hmm. be um, interesting
1: to watch season two then skip season one. From I do. a different point of view. And I, I do love
0: the game and Pratchett, I um, like, sarca- or satire on heaven and hell. Like, mm. there's just something really Pratchett about it. I, I There's no other way to put it. It is just his sense of sarcasm and satire. Yeah. All, th- like, through mm. and through. Um, yeah, no, tenant.
2: F- tenant. I found tenant was actually I found the weaker of him and Sheen. He was the weaker one. He just seemed to fall back into some of his other character actors in the way he acted. Um, I got a lot of uh, him going back to his Harry Potter character and when he was being a snarly little um, evil dude. And then um, there was then definitely times- some Doctor in it. Yeah, there was definitely some Doctor in there as well. Um, but I actually my-
0: think that's him. So if you if you outside of He's almost. He's almost. His characters wrap around his personality or his acting personality because he doesn't act like that in interviews, when it, and and so incongruent when you see him in an interview with his thick fucking Glaswegian accent, like, which we got in that episode, which big, was yeah. brilliant.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he he gets to go. He gets to go native at one point, and yeah. and
0: he, he does the full Scottish. It was uh, and it's fucking thick. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and That's specific so too. Um, but yeah, I th- I think you're right. But I actually just think that's his acting style because he has been like that in lots. Yeah, of no, no, other no, I, and
2: that's what i mean. it's just it Was like I felt Sheen was so his character was so unique to just being as as zero and then Crowley. Was, I don't think I've actually seen him in anything
0: to be honest, other than this.
2: Uh, I've Sheen's been in a bunch of of, of stuff. He's he's uh, he's more he stage he's more really- stage than anything. But I've seen a bunch of like stuff of him on online. Um, yeah, right, Martin
1: Sheen. Yeah. yeah, he's mm. the main bad guy in the original Underworld. He plays Zeus in um, Tron Legacy. God, he's, I need to go back and watch he that. He plays a lot of lot of characters like that. I, I haven't ever seen anything where he's been the main actor, mm. but I've seen a lot of stuff where he's a supporting actor. He certainly great. has the he's gravitas fantastic. for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and those two do interact in a like the dynamic between them. You can tell they're real real life mates. Like oh, they're best, best friends term. in real life. Yeah. 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 I loved that series they did during COVID lockdown.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was just the, the piss take of, of taking the piss out of each other and of yeah. themselves and then Meta taking the piss out of the show they were making. Hmm. Anyway. Um,
2: um, the other standout for me was definitely John Hamm. That dude was just <laughs> having the fucking time of his life <laughs> yeah. filming that. He was just having he fun. Plays
0: the, he plays
1: the buffoon so perfectly in that show.
3: Yeah. He, just, um,
1: he I have obviously I haven't seen it but he just you get that kind of thing from him that he just seems like he's a fun guy like Yes. He just he's yeah. just he's, he's going to be over the top for the sake well, of Well he's also so laugh. different
2: from the cuz he plays Gabriel and like he's you see him in season 1 and he's very down to the down to the wire angel He's an arsehole. Yeah,
0: he's he's, he's, he's the a boss. Big he's the dick asshole. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then for to come out in this and he's just he's a goofy lovable kind of you know, he's, he's, yeah, there's the whole thing with him lost his memory and kind of stuff. And it's just like, oh, shit, you're just you're just fun, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, it's it's not any sort of spoiler. But when he walks out in that after the ball scene and he walks out in the fluffy white coat <laughs> and he's got a sequin suit on underneath yeah. and you're just like. That man is having the absolute time of his life, and he's getting paid he's to strutted. Do it. Like, yeah. He's strutted. Fuck, yeah. he looks good though. Like, yeah. yeah, I was like, that's what the angel Gabriel should look like in modern yeah. day. Just <laughs> Liber-
0: Liberace, eat your fucking heart
2: out.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and the 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 story climax, the storyline, the emotional climax of the whole series mm. hit hit really well. Yeah, um, which I don't I- think would have
2: hit as hard.
0: If it had been from the other acting,
2: way around, no, no. From an acting perspective, if they hadn't been such good friends, because they, you could tell they actually put their friendship into the storyline between them.
0: Yeah, um, and it, I also it don't think it would have worked the other way around either. If no, if, no, yeah. So I, I, I. That really, that really got me. To be yeah. honest, yeah. Um. Anyway, it was
2: very, yeah, very good. Really recommend it. And yeah, actually, I think you really could skip season one. Yeah. Um. Also, excellent use of Queen as as standard. <laughs> yeah. Including yeah. the instrumental Bohemian Rhapsody here in the
0: in the coffee shop. That was I'm going I'm to hunt that down because that was yeah. fucking dope. Yeah. Um, all right, Witcher season three w- without spending an hour on it. Go, um, Peter. Go. It started here, which is kind of in the middle, and just went down and never recovered. The first episode is the best episode.
2: Uh, I still like. I still like episode five. I really like that episode. It just hit me in a certain way. The ball. I, I think I get where you're coming from with the next
0: episode kind of ruins it, but um, which that that really got under my skin. It really. Yeah, really no, I, me I get off. why.
2: But I, I I just found that was a fun that was a fun episode to watch for me. Um, and was my one was yes I agree one was very very good. Um, but I'd say episode five was a a close second. Um, was it five? Five is the one before the the break. It's the Thaned ball. Yeah. yeah, okay. The, then how
0: many episodes were there? Eight. 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 Yeah. The
2: okay. biggest thing that Emma and I said was that the the last three episodes were not worth the month wait. I no, don't know why fuck they didn't. No. Yeah, fuck there no. was
0: no no need for that. That was just silly. That um, was just silly. I, I kind of I liked the first half of the episode where Siri wandering through the desert. It was cool. She was battling her own demons. You don't know if you don't know if she's really experiencing these things or if she's hallucinating from, from dehydration. Yeah. I thought that was decently done. The second half really doesn't pay it off though. Um, I, as I said to you guys at the time, the whole – we, we the, the ball was cool in a storytelling, like a, a departure from the standard storytelling um, style for The Witcher series, but it was yeah. also – it's not the first time we've seen it done. I mean, fucking hot fuzz does a better job. Um, and it doesn't, and it's too conceited. There are parts where you are literally having the same conversation a second time, but they add the start bit of the conversation on as a second layer. That's not Mm -hmm. a second layer. That's Mm -hmm. just you truncated the conversation halfway through to expose it sloppily in two pieces. And then the very next episode, the whole ball thing becomes fucking irrelevant. It's like, we just completely forgot what happened. Because everything that happened in the ball meant nothing to the outcome. No. So that's that why really bugs me. Yeah, yeah. No,
2: that is bugging. But
0: no. There were a total of what, three monsters in the whole fucking series? Huh. This series was not about the Witcher. This was not about Geralt of Rivia. This was not about monster hunting.
2: You can hear Dan imploding internally when I say, like, it's not about fucking Geralt, it's about fucking Siri. <laughs> and he stayed very silent for a
0: reason. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but what made the first series great was not present for me in season three and that was Geralt driving the story forward and yeah you can I'm not going to disagree at at all that it's that it's functionally it's about Siri but Geralt was driving that first season and he wasn't driving it here he was almost a background character in a not good way
3: Mm.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here uh mm, i thought it was trash i thought the whole the whole lot of it was rubbish um I, it i had varying opinions i thought parts of the first episode were good mm-hmm. i really liked the time that um gerald and siri spent together on their own i thought freya allen freya allen yeah. i think is the name yeah. and henry cavill have fantastic on-screen chemistry as father-daughter mm-hmm. it's great Geralt doing the little smile once uh siri says we can get on this ferry and hunt this monster, and spouts everything she learned at Kemoran back the, at him. Yeah, that sense of pride. But you don't, you don't get that she spent enough time at Kemoran in season two to have learned all of that mm. information. That's where that broke me. Like that in the books, that's set over years. And I, previously to recording, before recording this, I'm like, I'm not going to get on here and start comparing this to the fucking books because they needs- have done that all the way through. Yeah, I know, but I didn't want to do it because I don't want to be this gatekeeper to people who enjoyed it and thought it was they just watched it for what it is and haven't read the books and haven't played the played the games. I don't sure. want to be that that asshole gatekeeper that goes, "No, but, fuck you, you're wrong because it's not like the books." But we
0: we literally had an executive producer a couple of weeks ago on Twitter bragging to their fans about, "Hey, you know how you always say that it's that we don't honour the original book content, well, this was, uh, you know, the whole scene with Dijkstra catching Cavill or catching Geralt pissing in the um, in the flower pot was a lift, a direct word-for-word word lift from the book, except he misspelt Dijkstra's name and it wasn't a direct
1: lift. Okay. So, so they're the so, ones doing that, Dan. Yeah. So I understand, I understand that, but I don't need to be... Reinforcing it this, that message, re- you okay. get this. So they season this season. They did pull a lot of stuff from the books. They they actually pulled all the way up to the actual Thaned ball. They ev- almost everything that was in leading to that point was uh, in the first two hundred play pages of uh, Blood of Elves, which is the first full novel. Mm-hmm. The first two hundred pages of the first book is the first four episodes of season three. It's so yeah. like why why and like season 1 was um the short stories all cut yep. together to introduce the characters and get there cool yeah loved it great we don't need to go back on that um season 2 then took a complete departure from where They had to water the, it down for the idiot Americans but they didn't even do that they wrote their, they wrote their own content there and then they they kind of felt like they needed to backflip on season 3 because They've gone, oh, well, there's all this stuff that we need to put in that we haven't said after wasting everybody's time <laughs> for eight to ten episodes in season two. So they just crammed the first 200 pages of Blood of Elves into four if episodes. Only and then, they – Hold on a if, sec. If, and then jumped straight to the end of Time of Contempt, which is the second book, and the fan-ed ball, and missed a whole bunch of stuff and context that's there. So it's it, – it, I can see where they've gone, oh, yeah, but this is the one that's, this is the season that stays closest to the books. And it's like, well, yeah, it does, but you're just cramming it in there because you misstepped and forgot to tell the story when you were (laughs) meant to tell the fucking story. So they've done done a Star Wars
2: sequel trilogy. They've got, the first movie, which is accurate, and then Rian Johnson comes in and fucks mm. the story of the trilogy, and then they have to go jump back in the third and go, <laughs> <That's> it, that, <laughs> let's fix <this>. Tomlin. <laughs> that is
1: exactly what they've done. They've had to reinforce That's Jennifer's position <laughs> when they had her break Kahir out from the execution, yeah. which never happened and made no sense whatsoever. They've made Kahir, who is a, a, an, an amazing character who develops so much in the books, into a sniveling little fuckhead that doesn't actually know what he's doing or where his loyalties lie. Yeah, and he has this huge development in the books, and it's it, it was just a a, um, a massive misstep. And it, like my own my last comment on this before I need to go and pee, and you guys can finish this off and go on a secret invasion is mm. uh, that horrible, horrible Bard group should have fucking died as monster yes. ch- monster chum on that fucking barge. Totally agree, and, and the. Yaskia slash Dandelion looks like a sweaty, uh, STI riddled. Uh, like, just imagine you would look at him and imagine what he smells like in that fucking leather coat all the time, and he just looks like greasy and horrible. Yaskia, Yaskia,
0: yeah, and
2: yeah, they didn't they didn't do his character very nicely in in the, in the third
0: season. Like, no, oh, his I agree. design was a bit just, off. yeah, and he was it's, 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 also irrelevant.
1: Yeah. When he's like, meant to be, from Blood, from uh, from their story that they wrote in Blood Origins or whatever it was called, was mm. meant to be the one that told the story of everybody through and he just... If only anyway. they had invested that one shot in bridging the gap
0: between seasons one and three like and filling in some of the context they'd missed in season two instead of going back in time and telling a story that no one fucking wanted and didn't make sense and completely broke from the actual story, they could have invested that time in a one shot to, to give us some more
1: context and background. To to give him to give him credit where credit's due, the choreography and the fight scenes is oh, it, actually no. Let some me rephrase of the fight The choreography in the sword fight scenes is excellent. Cavill's intro, where he takes out those mercenaries in episode the first episode of season three, and then I actually really thought the um the fight with the rats breaking out, Siri, mm. uh, was actually well breaking out their friend, and Siri mm, Siri's mm. breakout was a byproduct of that. I thought that was actually really well choreographed as well.
2: Uh, I mean, um, let's be honest, the the entire highlight of the season for me was um, Palpatine showing up and lightning fans in <laughs> <and> everyone. <laughs> uh, just a, some unlimited power just from on yeah. high. Just, yeah, fucking go just for didn't,
0: it. It, it did, didn't feel magical the way that season one did. I was no, excited. No. And all the way through season one, I just had that sense of wonderment that I was really looking for. Season two was like, I get a dragon story. That's pretty cool. And the, the uh, dwarves were kind of entertaining in their own way. They were slapstick funny. You know, That was season one. Was that season, yeah, was season one, b- was it? Season yeah. two was
2: Baba Yaga. Was The Baba Yaga.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. So I enjoyed season one. And then season two, just that was the end of it, really, yeah. for me.
2: That is the curse of the Baba Yaga. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go, pee. Okay. While we talk about the steaming pile of shit that is Secret Invasion. Yeah, look. Drop the fucking ball there, didn't they? <laughs> so, so what did you think? Because obviously, I've just declared my fucking intent to uh, how I'm going to. Yes, but what do you enjoy these days? You're so grumpy when you're sick. You're um, right. I'm a cynical motherfucker. You at the best are. Of times. You are. But we love you. Um,
2: look, the first two episodes, I thought it was going to go a different way than it did. Um, hoping,
0: hoping.
2: Yeah, really thought it was going to go down the um, the Winter Soldier spycraft, um, like Nick Fury back, like actually doing spy stuff. That's what um, they needed to do. It's really what they needed to do, and it was—it was actually, I think they really did. Um, uh, Samuel Jackson, like they—they—they they, they slapped him in the face with the yeah. story they gave his character yeah. that he played. Um, it's kind of piss yeah, weak, and uh, it you was, know, and and the focus, the continual focus on the you're an old man who's irrelevant kind of thing, like it just like- got a bit. When it was every episode, it was like I'm fuck. We got it. We got, we got, got it. it. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. You just—I don't even know what you're trying to drive home now. It's just over the top.
2: Yeah, and it's just the scroll, like the comic Secret Invasion, is like it was really—it was a really, really well-written series. I haven't, made, haven't
0: read the series. Well,
2: it, it just—it did. The whole plotline was who do you trust, mm. and it's like any—they replaced some very significant characters with Scrolls and said like they kind of did with Rhodey that they'd been Scrolls for years. Mm. Um, the problem is when you've got this big shared universe that MCU has, and now you're splitting it across TV and movies is that, um, if you let a TV show be a little bit like too much or f- a bit flippant with the, with what's going on, it completely negated all the stuff of Rhodey in the end of Endgame, Like, mm. cause it mm. wasn't him. Like they're saying that he got replaced at, after civil war. That's when the scroll took over. Him. Uh spoiler. Sorry if anyone hasn't watched it, but don't bother. Um and then yeah, right. the, okay. the irresponsibility they created when they created the so the super scroll is a, a plot line throughout the, the, the creation of the super scroll. Traditionally in the comic, the super scroll was created by the scrolls to fight the Fantastic Four. So he had he had all four clert, is his name, K-L-R-T. Um he has all four powers of the of the Fantastic Four. Right.
0: Um
2: they kind of went down this, but then they went. Why don't we give him every single? It was just A- so over the top. Every single Avenger power possible. Um, it wasn't just the Avengers; it was also all of the opponents of the anyone Avengers. Anyone who fought in in the Battle of Endgame, yes, they yes. they he got access to their DNA, and now they've got this character they've created, which is so supremely overpowered. It's actually irresponsible for any storytelling going forward, because you've got your what do you call it your your, your um. You love to use the term all the time. Your magical MacGuffin. 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 Yeah, there we go. You got your MacGuffin now in 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 um, Gaia. Um, mm. So the only way you can then, my only thought was like when they started having. When well, this is the other problem, episode six of it just becomes goes from this story. It's meant to be spy crafty, which kind of lost its way halfway
0: through, and then halfway it's just through. like.
2: I think the first a episode third.
0: was the only one that was a fucking spycraft.
2: Two, I think the first two worked for me for like w- at the end of two, just kind of like I don't think this is going to be as spycrafty as I hoped it was going to be. So say the first third of it is is spycrafty, but then the last episode is just well, here is your CGI superhero brawl oh, um, that was- did not need to be need to be in it, and it was just a bit of laziness on their part going back to the standard like, well, we've got to finish this with people punching each other. It's like yeah or you could have like told a great little spy story the whole way through but yeah they've really tripped up on it and now they've yeah irresponsibly created this fucking super supreme th- no not super scroll like super super
0: super 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 scroll like the god scroll essentially they've created a god god tier character that and, they, and and they have they have created a god tier character i'm yeah. um, she and the has only, the powers the only- of- of Miss Marvel's powers alone, sorry, Miss Mar- yeah, Miss Marvel's Mar- power, Captain Marvel, Captain, Captain Marvel, yeah, her powers alone are op, and and it's yeah. recognized in Endgame that they're op, which is why they've kind of sent her across the universe and away from all the stories we're getting, yeah, and so to have her powers mixed with basically um, unlimited every, lives, every character, yeah. <laughs> and and the extremist,
2: extremist regeneration, so spe- essentially they can she can regenerate like Wolverine, yeah, like.
0: You do get give. shot, shot in the face, and he just it's back, yep. Whatever you've got, Groot, Groot's fucking um, uh, uh, tree powers, like his vine powers. You've got abominations powers. Like yep. it was just, it was just over the top. And, the and only, yeah, yeah, watching the, only the two battle should, yeah. were just like I was sitting. I literally opened my phone and started fucking scanning through Reddit. It was the the final climactic fight scene that should have been the payoff for watching the whole series. Mm. I was doom scrolling because it was boring, yeah it was it wasn't exciting or anything. It was just it
2: and the only way they can fix it really now to go forward is to write in some bullshit kind of
0: line yeah Loki where, just evaporated him into another universe and then collapsed the universe on him, whatever or Bye. she has to
2: she has to burn she burns out the powers somehow like it's it's yeah. not a lasting effect, but it's it's yeah, it's or she uses too much of it and then implodes
0: or or we go down the fucking x men two route or x men one, the senator that gets fucking. Gets jellyfished. Mutin- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just she her her body could not contain the powers that was invested in her. So no, it was Secret Invasion was a tragic piece of shit. They should have and the bound- and the, the the comic is just so it's so good. I really suggest reading it if you haven't. It's it's a really good I will good, I'll, I'll really buy, buy comedy bus or whatever it is. But um yeah. but like I I the the Men in Black chase scene I thought was kind of cool at the start. Um mm. with more uh Martin Freeman and yep. Cha- chasing and you're not sure what the climax of that chase is going to be yeah. which i thought was cool um it did very much remind me of of will smith chasing fucking alien yeah um and that first episode could have been the the launch point and it kind of had those feels of soviet germany crossing the border that's the yeah, kind of spy Cold War. Yeah, yeah you wanted to get a, a cold war film yeah that's what i wanted and i just Failed to deliver. Just
2: yeah, hundred percent went the opposite way. It was just a lot of people saying, "Hey, Nick Fury, you're old." It's like, yeah, we know he's old.
0: Stop saying it.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ageist. Fuck. shall we move on to? So I just wanted a, a quick, a couple of quick comments. Shall we move on? Yep. Yeah. Bomb. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Silo, I've, I, I think I covered it essentially before the series. Yeah, ended. I do want to watch this one. Yeah. I just wanted to say that the series finale, the season finale, was was excellent. It delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a good twist link into season two or or opening for season two that I thought was intelligently written and I didn't see coming. So that's a series that had, I think, three or four plot twists that I didn't predict, which is very impressive for me, Um, Mm. usually because you just pick the biggest actor that doesn't have a main part, and you know that's going to be the big bad. Uh, And then I watched American Born Chinese, and that was exactly what you said it was, Tom. It was just a fun romp through monkey magic. Fucking nostalgic vibes, yeah. and it was again. It was well written. It was well executed. Um, a good way to
2: tell the the, the the modern kind of modern aspect to the Journey to the West story, which hasn't really been done in, in a while. Yeah. So yeah,
0: and I, I I thought I liked the way that it like it reasonably elegantly um, handled the kind of innate racism uh, with hmm. the what can go wrong um, kind of subplot there. Uh, yep. Which I th- I thought was kind of a little meta, um, because obviously, Key Hoi Kwan. I don't know how to pronounce his name. That makes me feel a little sad. Um, but um, do you know how to pronounce it, Dan? So you've talked about him a lot. No. So the actor that played um, Short Round from Indie, um, he's he's he basically plays a dumb Chinese character in a bad sitcom in the background of the main story and i thought it was a nice comment on what he'd personally gone through as an actor yeah. after yeah. after data and in the goonies and and um short round so i thought that was kind of fourth wall breaking in a way like it was quite meta and, yeah. and nicely handled the thing i didn't like was i really struggled just to, to Google which dialect they were speaking. Now, I had assumed it was Cantonese, and I'm almost certain it is Cantonese. Right. Um, but Chinese is not a language, and they keep referring to, oh, you know, he speaks Chinese. And it's like the insensitive Americans or the the ill-educated American asking the question, fine, makes sense to say that he's speaking Chinese. But if I can't Google whether or not they're speaking Mandarin or, or um, Cantonese, then that's a problem. It should have been fucking front and center. Anyway.
2: Just have to find somebody who speaks Mandarin and
1: Cantonese. Yeah, I was oh. say, to find somebody that speaks either of those and yeah, the- yeah, yeah.
0: But you, you think something that's, that's handling innate yeah. racism it should have been pretty obvious, but no. Hmm. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Silo was great. American-born Chinese was fun. The end. And I think what? you wanted to talk about True Detective.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just going to cover three seasons of True Detective that are are very, very old because Season 3 came out in, like, 2014 or something. Yeah,
2: but I still haven't watched it.
1: Oh, Season 1 is great. So Season 1 is fantastic. And they're self-contained stories, each, Season 1, Season 2, Season 3, all self-contained. I started watching Season 3 thinking it felt very much closer to season one than season two. So uh, season one has uh, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey as the, uh, the titular detectives. Uh, And they're, they're running through a, an almost cosmic horror esque uh, crime scene, like a cult murder happens in episode one. In the swamps of Louisiana. Exactly. And it (laughs) just really leans into that side of it, which is, which is fantastic. And, I won't cover that. The dialogue's excellent. Um, the, the characters are amazing and human and faulted to like almost to too far. Uh, but they, they, they have their faults, they have their problems, uh, but they also have their, their aspects that bring them back up and make them good people overall, Mm. even despite their faults. So I think it's a fantastic writing on the character side and how they all interact. It's, Mm. The dialogue, there's so much dialogue that happens between Harrelson and um, Matthew McConaughey. And I don't like Matthew McConaughey as a person. I've heard him talk a couple of times and I think he's a bit all of a douchebag. All right, bag. all
0: right, all right, all right.
1: But uh, I think that it, as an actor, you can't fault him, especially when he gets thrown into this. And it covers two separate timelines. So it's, it, it's really... It's How do really, the dumb Americans handle that? <laughs> yeah, It's it's really their
2: golden boy, so they just sit there going, Oh
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's really a story being told after the fact, many years after the fact. So Mm. McConaughey and Harrelson are being interviewed by two cops looking at the investigation they did about 10 years ago. Uh, and it's told in basically in flashbacks, and then it comes back to the interview room where these two characters have Gone on with their lives and changed over time, uh, and you can really see that juxtaposition of the, the how, especially Matthew McConaughey's character has lost what he was in the in the uh, when he was originally Got part off of the rails course. slightly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I think that's fantastic telling the story. Season two is uh, Colin Farrell. Um, uh, Vince Vaughn, uh, Rachel McAdams and it's fucking All Star. Oh, dude, the guy that played fucking Gambit, um Taylor Kitsch. Mm. They're the main four characters in the season 2 yeah. and it's completely different. It's a it's it's a which gangster- I found quite jarring. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a it's a gangster uh land grab story in California that has other aspects to it, but that's yeah. basically what they're talking about for the whole thing and it was it was really good in its own aspect. I don't think it reached the interest level of what season one did. No. Uh, but um, I think uh, I think it was really good as a police story on its own. All those actors were great. Rachel McAdams is fantastic. It's so much of a departure from a character that you ever see her play mm. and she needs to – She, I know she's sort of not being in too much these days, but she should have – like really leant into that hard ass cop that she was. Um because that could have really gone somewhere for her, I think. But um it's it's a real shame that they missed that they missed that beat with her. Uh she could and- have been the next Dana Scully. Yeah. She, she was a lot a lot uh more physical tough than what Dana Scully was. Yeah, okay. Dana was obviously more on the um, psychology side of things. She was also very assertive, though. I could see oh, her, yeah, yeah. I could see Rachel McAdams playing a very assertive yeah. cop detective, and she was, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> Colin Farrell was great as a broken man. Um, Vince Vaughn uh, as the gangster. I didn't believe he didn't <laughs> he didn't do it for me to start with. But as the he's as the actually the one who made me.
2: He, he's actually the one who stopped us continue watching it
1: when okay. it first came yeah. out.
2: I just I, I couldn't couldn't handle him as that.
1: Yeah, very and funny. I completely can see that. I mm. really can. I, it was he was very unconvincing as that character to me, but he did some things later on in the series that I've gone, Yeah, okay. You know what? You are doing these things for not the right reasons, but your reasons. Yeah. Mm. I think. So I think that was really good. Taylor Kitsch was really good. I think he's another actor that's been sort of overlooked in some of the roles that he's been I agree. Definitely. He's agree. been yeah. been been um cast with. And then season three makes a real return to what season one was. Uh it's Stephen Dorf and what's his name, Tom? Mahashahad Ali. Thank you. I was gonna absolutely butcher that name. Maharsha uh, Ali. I think there you might go. have added an extra vowel <laughs> in there.
0: I did that from memory, so you know <laughs> fair enough. Fair call. I, I was looking at it. Yeah, yep. I was looking at it in IMDb, so I'll take yep. that.
1: So, they're, they're the two the main detectives in the, se- in the third season, uh, and it's very much back to season one. They is, it seems- set, is it set back in time? Yeah, so this, actually, this one actually covers three time periods. Uh, right. The original <clears throat> time period of the case, which was like 1980. Yep. Uh, the second time period where they reopen the case together, which is 1990, and then the third time when- uh, um, What's his name again? How do you pronounce it? Mashahala Ali, Mah- get- Mahershala Ali, get right. Mahershala. Mahershala. Mahershala Ali is being interviewed for a TV story about the case in like 2015 or something right, like that. Cool, 2014. Cool, cool. So this one actually covers three time periods. They do a fantastic job of jumping between them all. Stephen yep. Dorff, a man, he's fucking great. Like he's. Here's he's it another he's, thing that we're going to talk about later on too. His fucking redneck character, his redneck detective uh, that in this one is just it, it suits him so much that it might actually be his like normal personality, <laughs> <laughs> I feel. Um, but it just goes really well. The makeup's really great for uh, the aged characters as well. They do a really fantastic job. But it, it, it leans into two missing um, children. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get through the season. We've got one left. And you you have this not-quite-supernatural aspect to it, but there is some occult stuff happening in there that, um, is quite interesting. And both, uh, Mahershala Ali and Stephen Dorff are ex, uh, well, they're Vietnam vets. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it leans very much into the, uh, their time in Vietnam, um, and how their, their roles that they played. I don't want to spoil how, what they were in, in the war, um, but that that plays into their character and then obviously plays into their relationships with not only each other but other characters within the show. And it's it's very dialogue heavy, um, but yes. the dialogue is on point and the characters are on point and the actors are on point the whole time. I don't think I've seen any one of them misstep, even the mm. supporting actors that come in for 10 minutes or have small parts in each episode, like the interviewer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's fantastic and really convincing in the very small parts that she has to driving the the new knowledge of the case forward. and it's just a it's just really brilliantly written TV and I just something that we don't see too much of. and why we went back and watched it was we really felt like watching something after watching that kingdom's Kingdoms of Heaven. Um. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The 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 Mormon one with Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that really smacks of a true detective as well. So it's just uh, It's those. They're all in the sort of a similar vein. So great if you haven't watched them, three seasons, eight episodes each. Can't go wrong. Brilliant yeah. TV. Yeah, that's brilliant cool. writing. Brilliant TV. Definitely. I'm definitely going to watch them. Um. Just looking at the all star cast lineup. Like could- can Pete, you'll watch season one and you will chew it up. Yeah. Cool. Oh
2: yeah. Season one's right up your alley, You're gonna fucking love it. It was it was so well done. Yeah. yeah I do awesome. n- I do need to go and just blank state mind state of just go back into season two and be like, no, it's not one. It's you <laughs> yeah. got to have to kind of have that thing of like, this is not season one. It is a it's a, it's a own different story. story. Yeah. 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 Which I think was the problem going into it because when when it originally came out, it was kind of like pushed as like the successor to season one kind of thing. Like, yeah, they didn't they didn't tell you straight up that It's like it's going to be very different.
1: So, it mm, was. Yeah.
0: Cool. cool. That's that. I think <sighs> we'll- Break and get some fresh beers. Yes, let's do that. We'll be right back.
1: Hey. Yes. He looks confused. We're back.
3: Just... We're, back? We're back.
1: We're back. We're back. We are. We're back. I was just
0: uh, reading- uh, can but the printing made it difficult. The color scheme made it difficult. Uh,
1: what, oh, he <laughs> <tried> it <yet. laughs> what do you got? Gold
2: eye test.
1: What do you got? Oh,
0: oh! Look at that! Look at that head. Some um, very foamy. Mm. Um, this is Yuli brews. Yuli's brews Kuro black rice lager. Ah, <laughs> yeah. It is unusual. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. To be honest, it's it's thin the way that a rice lager should be. Um, definitely, you definitely get the malt, but not in a like not as heavily as I would have expected for something that's that dark. Um, it's really not not horrendously malty it has a really unusual smell and 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 flavour to it and i couldn't tell you what it is particularly being sick at the moment it's it's um um it's almost like it's got a sweet finish um but i don't know it's really fucking with my head i, I mean dan you've i'm sure you've probably had 20 of these and can describe it off the from memory
2: um, no this is I'm, their this is their brand new yeah beer. they only released say, it a couple of weeks ago yeah i haven't yeah, had right. the black one yeah yeah, so this is the cousin to their their rice lager. This mm. is the or the, well, the sequel.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. So they've used um, Raquel hops, uh, and for malt they've used pale rice and Carafa three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a it's a collab with Audio Technica, which I find interesting. Um, well, the, yeah, the original is the the karaoke kingu,
2: um, which is also a collab with Audio Technica.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the thing that attracted me to it is I'm I'm in the middle of well in the middle of I'm at the very start of learning Japanese, and so I've picked up quite a few Japanese-inspired or Japanese styles of beer. Hmm. Um, they're all made by Australian breweries, but yeah. So anyway, um, I I mean I I don't really know what to make of it. To be honest with you, it's not bad. I'm I'm enjoying it. It's just it's a very unusual flavor profile because it's it's kind of multi. It has that rice. Thinness to it. You can, you can, you certainly get the notes that you'd expect out of a lager, like a a yeast, like a lager yeast. But at the same time, it's got this sweet finish to it, and a and a flavor I can't quite put my put a word to umami. No, it's not meaty. (laughs) No. It's definitely a sweetness to it. Anyway, it's it'll be because of my um my taste buds aren't on point tonight because of the cold. Uh, but I'm I'm still going to give it a I'm going to give it a four. That's where I land on that. Kuro, kuro. It's very interesting learning Japanese where you you find out that you're actually learning Chinese um, characters because they inherited a lot of their language or their, their written language from their invaders the Chinese. So, um, yeah, really interesting. Kind of baked history is baked into their, their language and their culture in a really interesting way. Moving Thomas, on. Thomas, what are you drinking?
2: Don't fucking yell at me, you dog. Um, sorry. <laughs> <what>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am having uh, brackets, uh, red Kaplonk. Red Kerplonk, which is a collaboration with Plonk, uh, the uh, bottle shop in Canberra. Um, it is a just a fucking real good Ooh. red IPA. Chewy, toffee, malty, caramelly goodness. It's got a nice little hop uh, hop hit to it. Um, I was just trying to see what hops they use, and I can't see it, but that's all right. Um, I'm sure someone can find that out. Uh, it's, oh, it's on the front of the can, Tom, you dumb <laughs> fuck. Okay. Uh, <laughs> As it usually is with bracket beers. Yeah, yeah, probably should have uh, <laughs> remembered that. Uh, they've used Chinook, Idaho 7, and Waimea.
1: Waimea, yeah, it's a New Zealand hop, yeah.
2: Yeah, there you go. Never seen that one before. That's it, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's got a really, really pleasant hoppiness um, coming through that, that really nice multi-backbone. It's very, very good. Uh, it's, what is it, uh, 6.5% as well. Um, good old plonk, great bottle shop if you're in Canberra um definitely worth uh checking out um yeah that's a it's a cra- i really you know skies are gray it's a little bit of rain around and it's it's the temperature's going down it's perfect uh perfect red i p a time so yeah, mm. um, yeah that's a that's a four and a half that's that is cracking
0: very good um do you find there's anything wrong with the colour of the beer no <laughs> I'm just reading an untapped review. And their oh, opening statement was, the colour of this beer is just awful, but it tastes a lot better than it looks. Like, really? Is it well, sp- I mean, maybe it looks, poo brown?
1: It I mean- looks brownish on the camera, but... It's fine. Things are distorted. <laughs> it just, but- I just found that
2: to It's slightly cloudy. That's the only thing. Yeah. So, it's kind of...
1: Don't sewage. listen to that
2: untapped, untapped dumb fuck. He's an idiot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyway. Um, I've got uh, Moondog and uh, Canolera. Can anybody pronounce that for me? Canolera. 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 Yeah, that'll do. pronunciation in English is horrible, as all the listeners can have told over the last five years or whatever it's been. The almighty cannoli. It's a... Cannoli, pastry sour ale. And I knew when I bought this, I was going to regret, obviously, yeah. <laughs> lactose intolerant. Yeah. I knew I was going to regret it once I, uh, once I, well, I knew buying it that I was going to regret it. It's a Saturday night. If I get the shits later, I'm at home. It doesn't matter. <laughs> There's a major football game on the soft this evening. So I'm going to sit there and watch that. And I have to watch it in pain uh, because of the game or because of how I'm feeling after drinking this. They're going to be one and the same. Yeah. So, I didn't actually read the back of the can when I got it, and I didn't actually read the back of the can until after I drank it, uh, which I'm much more regretting it now (laughs) after reading it. Uh, We put uh, uh, 1,500 kilos of whey into it. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, No worries. We'll see how this sits. You are going to regret this later. Yes, it's <laughs> 7.5% ABV. Uh, uh, I'm already dealing with a little bit of a hangover as it is, so this is really going to kick the ass out of the back end of that. Uh, it's really nice. It smells like custard. Really? Oh, I thought it was going to be fucking gross. I've seen yeah. that can so many times. I was like, <laughs> Moondog,
2: you fuck, what have you done? <laughs> well, it, just,
1: it just smells like custard. It smells yeah. like it's super, super sweet custard. Um Tubby custard. Yeah, it and then the 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 obviously they've used like Maris Otter or an ale malt of some sort as a base malt to give it a really big backbone, multi-backbone into it. And it yep. does give that liquid cannoli. It has smells like custard. It's not okay. overly sour, but the sourness definitely helps cut through how much sweetness and extra things there are in there because if there wasn't it would be just a sickly sweet product mm, so very mm. clever using the sour as the base product of this yeah and then the, the the custard aroma the vanilla custard aroma comes through that sweetness hits you up front the maltiness then rolls rolls over your palate and then the sourness cleans it out as it goes out the <laughs> as it goes out the back end um <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> that one broke Tom. I didn't mean for it to come out like that. But <laughs> God, they just keep coming, don't they? Um, mm. That's what I'll be saying later. Uh, Your milkshake yeah. will bring all the boys to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's nice. It is It is enormously sweet, enormously yeah. sweet. But, it seems like more like an ice cream style than anything else. Yeah, it, it really delivers on... What it actually says it is, it's got that real vanilla-y custody character with that malt for the the, the, the shell of the cannoli. So, hmm. Out of um, five? Out of five, 375. I think it's a little out of balance um, just with so much sweetness there. I think that, that that sweetness could have been dialed back. I think the flavor profile is really good. I think just that sweetness is just too high. Yeah, okay. the, um, I think the, the, the base product is really solid, um, but just a little bit out of balance on that side of it. But, I mean, mm. it's worth a try. Cool. Um, sorry, Tom, I don't think I got your
0: score out of five. How many pixels out of five pints? Uh, it's 4.5. Thank you. I think you don't point. listen to me. It's quite possible.
3: Damn, I don't blame
0: <laughs> you. Shall we move on to some trailer trash? I'm worried if we're going to let it. I'm, I'm worried that if we we let the night go any further, Dan's going to just fade into blackness. It seems oh, to well be my lights are going getting, out. Let me let me let
1: me <laughs> repair the lights while you talk about the trailers. Just, <laughs> just get to clap it. Clap on. Clap off. Clap on. Clap off.
0: If only it was that easy. These days, just take a shiny blue pill.
3: Oh, and
0: I only fucks. only <laughs> I only know that because I was watching a TikTok sure. commentary video. Sure. And there was this girl saying, have you ever noticed how pretty the chlamydia tablet looks? And she's showing it on camera. And I'm like, bro, like, how about, like, you are very comfortable with the internet. Like, that is not something you think you know, people would want to share. Anyway, Loki, season two with uh, K-Huai Kwan. October yes. six looks yep. good. Looks very good. Yep, they've brought everyone back. Time side. Yeah. But I really enjoyed Loki season one. I thought it was, yeah, it was out good. there, it was different. It was a self-contained story, but still had scale to it. Uh and I just mean, some it's w- quality
2: acting in there. Like, you know, hopefully it's a it's a it's the same well written script they had for, for season one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh it's one of the things I never thought I would, you know i not say I did take him that seriously but Owen Wilson never thought I could take in that kind of more serious role I didn't Yeah. Um wow. But hey, I've, <laughs> I was surprised. Yeah, and like I'm excited to see his character come back. Um I did see something today that was uh going on about how so in the in the, in the trailer you see uh, Loki's uh time slipping as they call it. Mm, mm. Um but it's linked to the um into the Spider-Verse glitching. And so Though mm. so they think it might be something like that, mm. um, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it, lo- it looks to be of the same quality. The only th- the, the definitely the thing that I found the most interesting from that trailer, and I don't know if you picked up on this, Pete, was that Kang is still being played by Jonathan Majors, mm. despite everything going on. So, mm. um, which is a good thing, I think, until he is you know proven otherwise, he's allowed to keep well,
0: acting. He's lucky because there's a lot of other people that have have pay the price before being proven innocent and never recover. No, I know, but I think that's so, it's I, it's one I, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah,
2: I think it's a good it's a good thing to, you know. And while that's still going on it's like they've already shot it obviously, so they haven't gone back and changed it, but mm. um yeah, I mean, personally I hope he's innocent of all charges because I really like him as an actor and everything else have seen him in. so. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, that was that was the probably the most interesting thing out of that trailer for me besides Kwai Hong Kwang coming through. Um just like uh I did because I showed it to Emma and I, we did comment. It's like, yeah, look, uh, he's found his uh, he's found his like, kind of like new niche hole, and it's um, like time bending stories is now where he <laughs> lives. Like you know, after everything everywhere all at once, and then now being pulled into this. Um,
0: but yeah, no, it looked good. It's, uh, it's he was an American-born Chinese, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, yeah of course he was. He we was. Just uh, about what it. could go wrong? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh,
2: that's yeah. I think it's just, yeah, it's good. To, and this this will be the first time that they, for a while, have dumped an entire season in one hit. So if you are the mm. bingeing type, you can sit there and smash through it. Maybe six to eight episodes as per the
0: formula. Um, yeah. Next. Next. Um, Next. Dead Man's Hand. Have you guys seen the trailer for this? This I looks, just watched it before, yeah. This looks like, like full-blown old-school Western. I, I wrote so RDR because it just... It's obviously doesn't have. the It's not a Red Dead Redemption storyline, but it certainly has those. Features. I thought
2: actually thought I, I. don't think it's old school Western. I think it's it's Western with this because they said it's adapted from a graphic novel, and you definitely can see some of that coming through. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of feels a bit like shot in the style of um of Django Unchained or or that kind of like where it's like the Hateful Eight. Yeah, yeah. The action is slightly modernized for what the, the I guess the technology provides. Mm. Um, that shot of him running up the stairs after the card game, just double, double, double <laughs> barrowing. Like I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. Um- I'm, I've got it up running now because I hadn't seen it. The only thing I'm gonna, this is this is nitpicky, but the costumes are too clean. Yeah, there's no, there's no dust. There's no like these people have been even just walking up the dusty road of their little dusty town there. Yeah. Uh, it's like they've all come straight out of the, the laundromat.
2: And no, that's that's a fair thing like throws
1: that. Me, throws me a bit. Yeah. But other than that, it looks uh it looks like one of these movies that I will sit down and definitely put a bottle of whiskey next to me and drink it. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. I made that mistake last night. Don't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to kill that sore throat. I was. I Told heard you to have your helps. hot toddy, didn't I? <laughs> I heard whiskey Sans helps. Milk. So didn't no milk. work for the first half bottle. I thought I'd get into the second half. Um, the next trailer was the Marbles, which came out a while ago. Now, to be honest, but um, I don't think we last talked, recorded a proper episode. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's 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 been fucking like yeah. six weeks or something. So I, I'm actually I I'm looking forward to this movie. I looks it's fun. It's got a got a high percentage chance of being a flop, in my opinion, but. I'm what I'm seeing so far. I think this is the new trailer. To be honest, I think there's been two trailers now. This is the yeah, secondary. Been, yeah. um, this one fleshes out. Um, what's what's her happening name? between them? Brie Larson and no uh, Rambo, Rambo, Rambo,
2: Monica Rambo. Yes, thank you. Her character. I was, I was about to her say powers. Sylvester Stallone is not
0: in this. <laughs> but we, like we haven't covered where she got her powers from. She didn't have powers in in Wanda the Vision? movie.
2: She gets powers in Wonder when she breaks. I was going to say, barrier. did
1: she get them in Wonder Yeah. Yep. I don't remember the powers. I'll have to go back and while. It's been a long time. She, she gets I, the, I,
2: the, the the light powers. The eyes glow, go over, and when she she puts, she literally she forces a hand through Wanda's barrier.
0: And, and I have some some sketchy memory of that, but yeah. I mean, fuck, Wonder what eighteen months old now. It's the it
1: was the first. Yeah, it's not she... a legal defense, you know that, Pete? That it that it's old. There is no sketchy memory. No, yeah, no, thanks. Um,
0: I'm I'm looking forward to the Marvels. So I'm just gonna move on from that, Dan. <laughs> um yeah, it looks good. And and look, if if my uh, only, I am gonna press Harris-
2: my only complaint so far, actually, from those two trailers is that and I I really enjoy Brie Larson as as an actor, but for some reason she's just in every shot in those trailers, has a really like like
0: weird Dumb look on her face.
2: Yeah, yeah. Did you notice that too? Like yeah. I did. Really, really like out of just, character, just kind zoned of zoned out. Yeah. yeah, like I'm sure it might get explained in the in the plot, and I hope it
0: does. Or maybe it's just <laughs> something that they've like. What you happened know, to your face? Well, <laughs> the Botox is just in and I cannot I see a single
2: that. facial muscle. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I just I don't know. It was just it really it was like quite jarring actually to mm. to see it because mm. she's quite a talented actor, to, and then turn around and just be like sitting there just, eh. Huh? Like what? Yeah. How much yeah. weed did you smoke before you did this scene? <laughs> <Jesus. laughs>
0: well, oh, they're probably. I mean, at least yeah. some of them have got to be in edibles while they're filming. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Treat um, <clears throat> next one, Mobland. Travolta, Ste-
1: Stephen Dorff in it as well, yeah. as well yeah. as the uh, the what was the what was the one you just mentioned before, Dead Man's Hand. Yeah. Yep. Both Stephen Dorff. Yeah. I, mm, and I
0: put Stephen Dorff's name in here after you mentioned him in season three. Brie. Yeah. 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 Of True Detective, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't seen Travolta in anything for a while. He's been in some really B-list shit. <laughs> so he's a, he's doing a Nick Cage, is <laughs> he? He's just yeah. Um, he's
2: been he's been filming some like he's just like I, I guess it's just getting the getting the paycheck kind of thing. He's just he's popped up in some things like weird things I've seen on like like new movies released to streaming services.
0: It's like John Travolta in this like weird thingy, like. What are you doing, bro? You okay? <laughs>
3: Everything
0: all right? He's he's made his cash, man. He he yeah. just he's, he's doing shit that he wants to do. Um, yeah, I mean, it's set in the middle of bumfuck America, and got got nice accent on 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 Travolta, and then I think they I think the basic premise is some country boys inadvertently steal from the mob, and then the mob comes out to the country to fucking make them pay. Right. And Travolta plays the local sheriff, uh, who's obviously very good at his job, and um, and that's where that kind of starts. So deep in the heart of Dixie, there you go, a small town struggling with the ravages of addiction. A local sheriff tries to maintain the peace when desperate family man Shelby robs a <laughs> pill mill with his reckless brother-in-law Trey. But the supposedly easy. Kevin Dillon. A- wow, I haven't seen yeah. him since. Um. What
2: Was the last time I
0: think I saw him in? I don't know. Man, he and was then, everywhere in the nineties. And then Stephen Dorff plays the uh, the mafia uh, enforcer who comes yeah. back to to nail him. So yeah, I I just think it looks like a fun American kind of like middle America movie. So yeah, uh, yeah. The next one, who put the Exorcist believer in? Not that me. Looks- Dan's muted, but that that looks really fucking
1: good. Like, I'm yeah, impressed. That, me, that was me. Yeah. Uh, it popped up as a pre-video trailer for something I was watching on YouTube the other day. Mm-hmm. And always when the, the horror movie, I didn't know what it was until it got further on. And I'm like, mm, that kind of looks like exorcist makeup. And then it went further on. It was the mother from the exorcist comes yeah. into the uh, yeah. the back end of the trailer. And yeah, I, I and thought the it was, demon calls her mother. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hello, mother. Yeah, creepy yeah. as fuck. Hugely yeah. creepy. So I, I mean, it's going to be a B grade horror. Let's <laughs> on, Let's call it what it is. It's going to be had some that, A grade horrors recently. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it's it. it I think it looks fun. Uh, fun once again. Tom's going to pull no, but me I, up on calling horror movies like this fun. No, I think no. you're right though. In <laughs> it, the same it, way that it,
2: it one and chapter two made me hysterically laugh, I was <laughs> cry laughing through those.
0: But I, I, I think I, I think it's it's set to not take itself too seriously in kind of a a less intense army
1: of darkness way, but kind of similar. It's just it's yeah. not. It, it does get, give that modern Evil Dead vibes to it. it I think it's going to be creepy as fuck. There, there is some flashes to some things that, like the original movie, some things that happened in um, the Middle East somewhere that have let these demons out again. Uh, and that there's, yeah, just some quick flashes in the trailer of that. It's two little girls this time that get possessed by whatever singular or multiple entities and the mother from the original show comes back and she goes, yep, well, I know what this is. We need to bring on the exorcists from all the religions to get rid of these things. I thought so- that was an interesting way to do it too. Kind of- so they've super-scrolled it. They've, they've <laughs> super-scrolled it, yeah. yeah, yeah Just but bring everything in. Just throw the whole book at them. All the books. <laughs> yeah. all, all the, the books, books. All
2: the books. The books. Um, they've put but- all the demons into the Haradra cube. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, I mean, look. It might be interesting to see their take on exorcism rituals through other religions,
1: because mm. there was definitely some voodooism there yeah, that you saw definitely. in the trailer, and there's definitely Catholicism that comes into it. So they'll bring they'll bring some probably some Muslim aspects into it as well. So I hope so. Really that would be interesting, interesting to see. It would be, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It, it just it just looks it looks like a good modern addition to that classic yes. exorcist movie. I agree. Totally agree. Um, Wanka. I mean, yeah. Did, have you guys seen this? Did you guys watch this? It. Yes. I've
2: seen this. Yes.
1: Um, Tim- I saw a very
2: good, very good take on this actually, which I'll I'll say at the end. Yeah.
1: Timothy Charlemagne looks like he is fucking phoning this in. He looks <laughs> like he does not want to be there in any way, shape, or form, and does not want to give any expression. I don't know if that's just him. I don't know whether my I'm looking it through June fanboy eyes that I, mm. I, I want him to be great and everything he's in um, whether it's bad writing bad directing or whatever or really he's just taking as a paycheck but he looked so unenthusiastic being into it compared to uh, Gene Wilder and Johnny Depp's take on it he just didn't feel like he fit it he didn't feel like he wanted mm. to be there and it just feels like one of those nineteen ninety seven or whatever it was, that Fantastic Four movie that just got shoved on the back shelf because they needed to make the lowest <laughs> budget thing that they could to to get it to keep the IP going. I can't keep help but going. can't help but
0: think that it might be the director. So I'm looking at the director who is Paul King. He directed um Paddington one and two and Space mm-hmm. Force.
2: Space Force is a very enjoyable show. Though. Space
1: Force, yes, yeah, Space Force. It's, t- uh, it's a t- 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 uh, Tim Tim Stephen Car- Stephen Carell.
0: Stephen Carell, yeah. yeah. I just, I yeah, yeah. I I I understand what you're saying as well in terms of of his acting in the trailers so far. I just don't
1: understand why we needed the movie. I just don't understand why we needed the movie. It's I cute. also. Sorry, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna mute myself while you go and look up see if it was an IP hold. Yeah, okay. Um, I also saw some
0: stuff behind the scenes around Hugh Grant playing the Oompa Lumpa, mm. um, and some stuff on BBC TV about how it was. There was a community of people saying that it was uh, inappropriate for dwarves to play dwarf characters, uh, and some controversy around that a while that was linked both to Snow White and the Seven Dwarves remake, where they're not using short people to portray the dwarves, uh, and this one. So,
2: so what you meant to say was not dwarves playing dwarfish people. Correct. That yeah, it was. You it, said dwarves playing dwarfish people. There was commentary around that.
0: You, there was. So they, the, 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 the movement was saying that it was inappropriate and, uh, I, I can't think of the word, but inappropriate for short people to play dwarves. Like
3: almost, oh, right. like okay, almost along right. racist kind yep, of lines, yep, but not no. racism.
1: Yeah, so yep, yep. they're a We're fucking d- fantasy race. It's a fantasy race. We're not insulting the the so, actual proper little man, people of the world. No, it's just getting... a fucking fantasy race. I
0: just, I just found it was. I didn't want to get into the politics of it. I just found that it's amazing that we can politicize fucking everything these days. But it's inappropriate for short people to play a dwarf because it's a slight on their stature or something.
2: I mean, they're. Someone who wants to play the role, let them play the role. Well, um, I mean, you literally is- had
0: a dwarf on the on the TV program on BBC saying, are you fucking joking? Do you have any roles I don't get because I'm not tall? I can't yeah. play all the tall roles. Mm. And now you're telling me I can't play the short roles because somebody else is upset on my behalf.
2: So, the, moving away from this sorry, because we yeah, went we'll down a little rabbit hole. Um, yeah, sorry. But the thing I saw which I found very entertaining was someone's breakdown of the three wonkers we've got in film now, and it was Timothy Chalamet's Wonker just being like, Hey hey, let's make some chocolate. Fun 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 fun. <laughs> and then it's Johnny Depp's being like, "My dad hates me, and I'm now weird as a result." And then it's Gene Wilder's being like, "I will. I like want to fuck kids. Fucking kid in this. Thing. Yeah. Like,
0: like he no one serious. leaves
2: here unharmed psychologically or physically. He had I'm gonna some rapey that vibes. Kid, that fat kid. Not rapey <laughs> vibes. Just he vibes. totally no. He just drown the kid in chocolate. He's a fat little fuck. Drown him in chocolate." I agree sure with I Tom. Tom. I like
1: Gene like... Wilder's Wonka. I think he's seriously disturbed, but in a serial very, killer kind very... of way. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not <laughs> rapey vibes; it's serial killer vibes.
2: Because there's no way to know which way it's
3: flowing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if anyone can <laughs> sing-song their way through terrifying a bunch of people, and then there's scorpions and spider, that's still my favorite scene of all time. I think that's one of the greatest scenes in cinema history: the boat ride in the original <laughs> the Wonka. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, Um, Yes, I don't know why they needed to make it. I don't know if Dan's found the answer to that. But, um, yeah, look, Tim Chalamet looks like a guy I want to punch in the face. So, I don't care. I'm probably not going to see it.
0: hmm. We'll move on. I'm um, not going to see it either. Last trailer. Maybe
2: that's what I use the edible for. That would be
0: good. (laughs) That definitely seems like a 420 (laughs) film. (laughs) Uh, The last trailer isn't really a trailer. I just thought it was really interesting. Um, Star Wars Outlaws. uh, So, San Diego's Comic-Con. Uh, released a six-minute behind-the-scenes clip of Star Wars, and there Outlaws. were a couple of
2: interviews as well, which we brought some other things to light as well. Which is,
0: I thought it was super interesting, and it was kind of linked. It reminded me of what you said earlier, Tom, about um, the behind-the-scenes kind of justifying the thought process that goes into some of the mm. the, the makeup of our stories that we, we're watching. So um, this this very much talks about the planets that they're they're bringing into the storyline. How the flora and fauna and culture are influencing each other. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the the planet, but the planet that's perpetually windy, um, the culture actually adopts wind as a core part of their their culture, and they You're use it for outlaws work. Outlaws, or are you
2: thinking Survivor?
0: Outlaws, outlaws? Uh,
1: yeah.
2: Do you want to wake up there, Dan? Or you?
1: No, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was bullshit fluff, personally.
0: <laughs> I like it when they think about this stuff.
1: If it, if oh, it adds no, little no, no, touches, no, no, no. The, the, I think the wind aspect was good. I think that's 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 something clever to put into a culture of a windy planet. Hmm. I, I, I'm talking about the the behind the scenes trailer. But itself. anything, anything behind the scenes it was, was just, it was just like Pre fluff. pre
2: pre release is yeah. always it's all. This is this is what we put into it to make you buy it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah just, it's
0: just it's it was just building rubbish. up a hype. Yeah. Um, was, I thought the was... most
2: interesting thing to come out of it was the talk around the size of the planets you get to visit. Um, and the weird way, very specific way they, uh, they they talked about the size in that if you'd played, and I guess it makes sense because it's it's massive as part of Ubisoft. So they said if you'd played Assassin's Creed, it would be worth like two or three island zones. I'm assuming of like one of the main islands. But that's okay. is like the size of the like, the, the the discoverable area of the planets you get to visit. Um right. But then the way they talked about it was that there might be like half a dozen to a dozen planets that you'll get to visit over the the course of the story, which is great. And then they've the the main one they showed in that um in the, the gameplay trailer is one they've created for the yeah, game, that's the windy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a new developed um planet for it. But yeah. I I agree with you with yeah, it was it was definitely a bit of a... um Bit of fluff, but it was um it's always gonna be that until you kind of want to get like a behind the scenes after they've released it and it's made them X amount of dollars and see like what they really have to say.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. That's that
0: Tashara. Who? That's the Tashara is the name of the planet. Yeah that they've the windy planet.
2: The windy planet. I thought. The planet what
0: has wind.
2: Um yeah, I thought you were talking about Jeddah for a second. I was like, "Yeah, Jeddah had win-win <laughs> win things." Yeah, that's true.
0: Did I'm not quite ready for my fourth beer yet. I no, like, it's No, Sorry. I'm not either.
2: let fuck let's, the run sheet.
0: We're in overtime because we were supposed to finish at five. Um, so let's get
1: stuck into time our is a spotlight. construct.
2: Fuck everything. You're the one that's on the
1: time limit, man. So.
2: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not.
1: I run my own gambit.
2: Um. <laughs> Yes, let's get into, I don't know how we're really going to do this because I thought we'd probably review the things we've seen and then refer back to other things. Maybe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, let's talk I about the movie that Dan's wearing the shirt of because that was fucking fantastic.
1: Sisu. Sisu.
2: So we were, we were lucky enough to get um, uh, an invite through. Um, I'm a Den- Dendi member in, in Newtown and they sent me an email saying, hey, you want to come to the premiere night of this movie? and we obviously trailer trashed it a while ago mm. and said, fuck, yeah, we really want to watch that one. Um, and then, you know, it was like, come along, give you a beer. You get to sit down and watch a movie. Everything it's happy. Um, it was a good
0: example where the the movie lived up to the fucking trailer. Yeah, a really Physically. good example.
2: Um, look, I don't know what else you can say, but uh, that was fucking fantastic. That is one <laughs> of the best films I've seen in a long time. Um, the action was so over the top. like, But in a really outlier kind of way. It's slightly absurdist. Like, yeah. No.
1: The best use of a landmine in a movie ever. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. Um, and uh, Pete actually said a really good thing after you left, Dan. We were walking, went and got a feed afterwards, and really made me think of like how it, it kind of changed the film, but also in the better way that we thought up until the truck moment, everything was true. And then after that, it was just all the tall tales about Sisu. Yeah. Because everything after that truck moment, like there's a a truck and some people get killed and all this kind of stuff. Everything just went (laughs) slightly just off the path. It was like, it was going down a really like, yeah, okay, cool. Yep. Dude's doing his thing. It was probably originally
0: five dudes and and like five Nazis. And he managed somehow through- uh, a mix of luck and skill managed to kill all of them. And that's- White
1: knuckled grit and determination. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's- And just through folklore storytelling has grown into this. Well, that's now the thing because it would have spread through the
2: army like, as they're, as they're escaping and- escaping the north, just going like, fuck, Sisu could come get us. Like, <laughs> fuck, we better be quick about what we're doing. Because um, that, yeah, that after that, it was like when everything kind of went- it was believable up until that point.
3: <laughs> I, I, I refer to the carrying, the carrying the dude with the mounted
2: mounted gun. Um, I've yeah. watched enough ballistic videos over the years to know that that would go that, through. That himself. forty yeah. cows
0: going straight through, and yeah. and in fact, those a, a forty or a fifty cow could kill you from up to because th- this, was, this was. They were talking about this during Afghanistan, actually during the real war, that mm. you only need to be shot within a meter. Yeah. So if a bullet Does it super passes heats the air or something? No, no, no. The shockwave liquefies oh, your organs. Yeah. So if a bullet passes within a meter of your body, you're fucked either way. Yeah.
2: But yeah, fantastic. I cannot recommend enough for people to go watch that. Need a slightly strong stomach, I think. There were some pretty gory moments in in that in that film. Um but uh, also they're Nazis, so they fucking deserve to die.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: and I just think it's like <laughs> watching that whole thing. Like, I've just described it to some people that I've said should go and watch this. It's mm. it's John Wick World War II. And if uh, I think John now- Wick World
2: War II with a Tarantino, a dash of Tarantino, a, yeah, dash, and, and, yep. and, and shot in the frame of some Mad Max.
1: Mm. Yeah and it's it's, yeah. it's 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 funny now like what we were talking about spotlight now is about the that the the evolution of action movies and i think we reached a point with john wick where you can go it's b- now before john wick and after john wick mm. i think that now is the, the 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 pin in the change of action movies
2: yeah. uh, i don't, i don't actually know i i think I think because we're going to talk about Extraction as the other kind of films we're, we're kind of mini-reviewing in this, I think it's the development of the the hero to be less superhuman and more, like, I guess, connected with himself. Like Chris Hemsworth's portrayal in Extraction is, is there's some moments where you're like, fuck, that really, that's He's a broken dude.
3: Mm. Yeah. He's a broken dude. I think
2: that's, dude. that's the development of, like, yeah, that guy can also kill 30,000 people if he really mm. wanted to. But at the same time, he has like a perfectly good human arc story of development. And it's but de- Brad I think Pitt developed was the same in,
0: in yeah. Bullet Train. He's he's suffering from PTSD from being a, a contract yeah, killer yeah, yeah, and he yeah. just wants out. I think that's what people are looking for
2: more these days in their action film is, yes, we want we want big explosions. We want gritty uh, kind of like fights in, in close quarters fights. But we also want the character to be something more than I'm John a, Rambo, like a pop you know, out action hero. Yeah, yeah. And, like,
1: and I think one of the ones that Pete's got in there for the '90s examples is a really great um, version of that. Is True Lies? Yeah. I mean, Arnie had the wife and the daughter in yeah. True Lies. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. yeah. Wife and a daughter, but really, it was just he was just the 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 stereotypical for that time, over the top. What people imagine a, CIA, a agent is yeah. hmm. when they're not, and then from now we've gotten these extraction is set around Hemsworth's. God, what's his is? I want to call him Tyler, but it's not Tyler. Tyler Rake. It is Tyler, is it? Okay, Tyler Rake. I was right. So he's ex-military that now specializes in uh, kidnapping recovery missions. Recovering. There we go. That's a yeah. better example of it. And then you've got the John Wick side of it, where he's an ex-assassin and and all that. So and then Sisu is just an ex-commando who, who who runs runs through a bad <laughs> situation. It's a and I mean even Brad Pitt's character in Bullet Train is a an assassin who know who wants to keep doing missions but no longer wants to kill. He's become a pacifist in yeah. his uh, in his assassination career, the tail end of his assassination career. So which reminds me really of a, a
2: great. Uh, era in the Guardians of the Galaxy comics where Drax becomes a pacifist and refuses to fight, and he he dons robes <laughs> and like wrapped up like legging like feet and like boots and stuff, and he's just like, nope, nope, I do not do violence anymore. I've done violence for so long. I'm no longer the destroyer. I'm just the pacifist thing. And how Brad Pitt's like character in Bullet Train did a really good job of like trying to get around it, and then. <laughs> As in the comedy, a very yeah. just then goes, ah, fuck! I've just got to do the thing again.
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so. So, 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 really, the topic's really about how has how has the genre of action films changed over the last thirty years or evolved over the last thirty years? And I think, and so, so, I've thrown up a couple of examples of the ninety ones, the nineties the movies. The yeah. recent examples are easy because we've talked about them: John Wick, Sisu, Extraction One and Two, Bullet Train, Grey Man, Ghosted. That's kind of just uh, off the top, you know, of action films that we've seen recently that aren't superhero movies because that's kind of their own genre. Yeah. And and to me, even Extraction 1 and 2 pushed it a little bit. Extraction 1 more mm-hmm. than 2 pushed the boundary. To me, they are shot and presented more like a war film than they are an action film. And a war film is slightly different. Yeah. Um, no. But but it kind of has that, and it's not just because he's ex-military and he's following specific tactics. I mean, it's just, it's shot and presented in a way that reminded me a lot of a a good modern war film. Hmm. It's
1: a lot more brutal. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But it definitely had that that John Wick-esque, like, character, like, uh, style to it, especially the way he, like, close combat with his pistol and stuff.
3: But I found um, it
0: more realistic in extraction than John Wick, and I also yeah. found it gory. Mm. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. it's it's more um visceral. Yes. Yes. But what so 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 thinking about this topic and, and then the, the nine examples were Mission Impossible One, uh True Lies slash Last Action Hero, but in retrospect, last action hero is probably not an appropriate one. Uh Die Hard with a Vengeance.
1: Because Die See, Hard came out in eighty nine? Eighty eight. I actually have to disagree with you on the Die Hard Ones. I actually think... Like, so. I think It's not an action film? Well, no, no, no. No, it's a Christmas we're, film. Where we're talking about here is is we're getting to a point where not just the way the movies are filmed and everything like that, but we have a lot more the characters are not flawed the and typical Arnie, True Lies character. They're now flawed and nuanced. And I actually think... John McClane, even from Die Hard 1 through Die Hard 2 to Die Hard with a Vengeance, has this character arc. And then, I mean, you even hit the later ones, the um, Die Hard 4.0, and I don't even remember what the last one was, but you have this- Die Hard Cash Cow. Yeah. To Die, Too Furious, (laughs) um, Die Hard Tokyo (laughs) Drift. uh There's your episode title there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If you go the first- (laughs) Yep. <laughs> you, you go the first three, the first three diehards, and there's actually yeah. a lot of character development from John mm. McClane. He goes from going to visit his wife, where he's on the other side of the country as a cop, going back to LA, and then you have the the, the second one where he's caught in the airport, and they're they're having a troubled time as a family, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's, there's still character development there. And then you go to a vengeance <laughs> where he's thrown into this completely different situation from the first two movies. He's, he's got Samuel L. Jackson there as a counterpoint and a different view to American mm. lifestyle and culture and history. Yeah. And you, you throw these two characters together that have their differences but are on the same wavelength when it comes to ultimately wanting to do and needing to do the right thing yes. as you go through. I think John McClane is what modern movies have developed into and it was a little bit of an outlier in the original three. I also find
0: so so for me, I think violence has changed in 30 years. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: yes, I have Cinema a point on this.
0: Violence. So I need to pee again. So make your
1: point, Go. Tom, but you might have to reiterate when I get back.
2: I was just <laughs> gonna say, I actually think the that we need to throw in that you got the nineties films, which is very different, but I think instead of John Wick being the turning point, Bourne movies were the turning point. Mm. And then John Wick was another turning point. So it's like a You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Well done, Tom.
3: <laughs> yeah, what you I think, say? yeah.
0: I, I just think I think violence has changed. I think we whilst we've gotten more technically uh accurate, gun foo, hmm. that's become a thing and it's it's more visceral well, and I think immediate this and urgent. really directs into that point I just made because Bourne was all about
2: it had to be really fast, close quarters fighting. It wasn't gung fu compared to like what John Wick does. Yes. So that but, I, that's actually a really good way to describe the turning points of these action films.
0: Like But but I also think that if you go back to the 90s, violence was a lot more violent. There was more blood in my opinion. It was also a lot more it was big. It was big. Everything had to be super oh, big. Michael Bay explosions kind of started in that in the 90s, right? That's where it yeah. that started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I think like if you even think so Die Hard with a vengeance isn't that graphically violent except for the you know the the psychopathic woman stabbing with those sickles, and she didn't fuck around. Yeah. You know, and, and her slashing that guy's throat, and then stabbing him, and then doing the big spinny circle. It was it was glorifying violence yeah. in a way. And then, it, but it, but even down to the fucking. Um, and they didn't actually show you the the impact, but the the chain on the boat at the end cutting that dude in half, and mm. then they show you show you him being carried away by two different people, the front half and the back half. Yeah. You don't get a lot of that kind of level of blood and, and gore and violence in most action films today other than Sisu. And Sisu stands out as being over the top and ridiculous in terms of its approach to depicting violence. Hmm. Oh, he's
1: turned a light on. He has turned a light on. I turned a second light on. I'm really, I'm really do, working with secondary lights here because my study's still not set up. No, all good.
2: No, um, I, I really think the idea of like the the way that because you can't really have an action film without those those violent sets. I, I guess is like it's it's bread and bread and butter kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like that idea of using. The way that the violence changes as the 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 hallmark moment of that's how action films are going to to change going forward. And I think a really good way to describe it as well is like if we think back to like Bond films because Bond completely changed after Born. Like, yes. do you think that the the Daniel Craig yes. Bond films are so, so like so different to the earlier films where they also had they had the gadgets and like most well, of Tomorrow
0: like- Never Dies was the nineties. Um, yeah, Goldene. Yeah, Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. But then like you think that that was also the change away from well, not so much the change away, but like a lot of them, like the 90s action films, you had that cheesy, you know, like Arnie, Arnie and True Lies firing the the Harrier missile while he says the cheesy <laughs> one liner. Like it's that's that's a call mark characteristic of those 90s action films. But then you got to the Bourne series and everything became
0: Ultra realistic,
2: oh yeah, and ultra gritty, and then all focused on that close combat fighting. And Bond went, we need to do that to stay relevant. Yeah. Um, like I don't think we'll get a a, a Bond film now where he suddenly learns gung fu. Like, no, he's not going to go down that John John Wick kind of feel. But it'll continue changing. Like, they're they're the ones who kind of like, I guess were were, were the hallmarks in in earlier days of like. Those kind of action and spy films. And now they're almost kind of like reactive to what's
3: hmm. big
2: in uh, other studios, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I really like that idea of like the way that the, the, the action set pieces change from, you know, I, I think 90s films, I think over the top, sparky explosions. It was always like a rocket mm-hmm. exploded, and it was just mm. a, it was you know the Power Rangers sparks kind of. But it was up.
0: always but it was always big platform. Yeah,
2: big. always big. Yeah, 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 and then you go to the the the, the born era where it is really about that close quarters fighting, and now post John Wick, it's it's how cleverly you can use a gun in as a weapon besides just shooting it, <laughs> especially a pistol. Yeah. Like it's it's that clo- kind of like natural evolution from that close quarters like melee combat into now it's close quarters gun combat.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's gone one level above that too. I mean, I think it's gone to how cleverly can you use a camera to film those shots, and especially yeah. with the uh, the prison uh, scene in uh, Extraction Two. Fuck yeah, me, they, that was my they, favorite scene. They film recently. it through as a a single take. Obviously, there's clever cuts in there. Yeah. but they film it. film it through as a one shot, and it's. I think that's an evolution of all that as well. It's just like, and uh, I mean. I've touted it many times on here before. My my love of one shots. Mm. I do love a proper traditional one shot, uh, but the the clever cut one shot is a uh, is a is a good second to that.
0: It's yeah. one of the best fight scenes I've seen in modern cinema. Mm. It's very that good. that 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 uh, prison yard. And as I said to you, um, to it, it instantly evoked. Um, Batman's mm. fight scene in Batman v Superman with the the guys upstairs, upstairs in, the warehouse. There, yeah, in yeah. the warehouse. It just it's so visceral and physical and continuously evolving and adapting to the situation around them. Um, to me Is that was that, a-
1: so these um the Batman um God, what was the one that was made by Warner Brothers Studio What or Origins. Batman Arkham Origins. Oh, yep had the uh, the Blackgate fight. Uh, yeah, and as soon as you said that, Pete, I'm like, "Good God!" Like, they just need to have a 20 minute fight scene of Batman going through a prison riot in Arkham. Just let's just mm. throw Pattinson in the the Batman two yep. into a full blown 20 minute Arkham black guy. Ga- it's a, it, a, a, it's a such a perfect way. Fight. Yeah, it'd be such a perfect way to
0: nod to a bunch of other characters they may oh. or bring in. Also, because um, he took the shield off the the shield wielding dude and then used it which yeah. I did many yeah. times yeah. in the Arkham yeah. yeah. um, But it was such a good use of props as well, and he, mm. he makes yeah. use yeah. of the environment. It's you know, I found it quite unreal realistic. Like yeah. I'm not saying that it's Definitely. real, but yeah. but it's the way that you think that it would, like people at peak levels of, of close quarters combat would probably fight that mm. way. It was almost Jackie Chan-esque, but kind of Western mm. instead of Eastern. Um, Military Western. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Dan, you talk about- um, uh, except for Batman not killing anyone, and yet I rewatched '89 Batman the other day, and oh yeah. yeah. Constantly. Dropping the bombs from dropping the bombs from the Batmobile in oh, Ace was, chemicals I was, I was definitely several, killed those several, fucking several dudes. Several comments
2: uh, when you said that of like <laughs> yes, because no one directly died from Batman's like actions in the Arkham he series. He
0: drove in, dropped bombs under armor, and but drove out. In the Arkham series,
3: like he definitely dropped. Right he there. dropped some
1: dudes on their necks that never hey. fully recovered. <laughs> hey, <laughs> they never fully recover, right? He just he's, he has a, he's a thing about maiming, but no, it's it's it
2: like, he has a thing about maiming
1: <laughs> 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 so i'm i'm talking comic book batman yeah, not yeah. movie batman I get like it. movie movie every version of the movie batman kills people like you, except you- the
0: the current ones where he's made such a big deal out of schooling superman as to why he can't kill but then you go back and Yeah, because the moment that killed me, Batman and Robin was pulling out the bat credit card. That just killed me. I was like, (laughs) "Fuck you!" Yeah, Yeah. but Alyssa Silverstone. We just we let everything else. (laughs) Fuck you, Schumacher. The other thing I wanted to to say around um, over the last thirty years, how Mm. action films have changed, is the more obvious and more probably discussed. That you know, in our show, you step away from action, women are. Better portrayed in current action films. It was basically exclusively male territory in the nineties. Yeah, and you you think about those films. Whilst whilst True Lies certainly had a, a, you couldn't call Mm. it a co-star. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was trying to avoid naming her because I knew how Tom would avoid. Oh, it's there. Oh, it's there. Do it again. (laughs) Do it slowly. <laughs> um, I knew you'd go there, man. But like, oh, I was already there. Don't you worry. I was just holding it in. Yeah, <laughs> but but you think of of like obviously, ghosted was designed the the premise.
2: The of old film guard. Was t- Did you you watch the old guard mm. with um, Charlie, um, Charlie Staron. Staron?
3: Yeah, no, comic. No, get get go watch that. Yeah, go watch that. Yeah,
2: fucking fantastic. Old film. Guard. Okay, but um, it's it's an, another great example of what you're saying of showing a really strong female action character.
0: Yeah, and I like, think obviously Ghosted's whole shtick was to flip gender roles on their yeah, ass, yeah, yeah. and I thought it did it quite well. It wasn't to, oh, my God, look at us. Look how uh, you know brave we're being. It was just telling a cool story, and it just have happened to have a him, feeling. Really, yeah, 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 yeah. But even Grey Man, like Grey Man had uh, Anna Armas, and she was a, she was an important character throughout that film, yeah um, uh, Compared extraction- to her in the latest Bond film
2: where it was like literally just, hey, can you shoot this gun for a second and then fuck off? Yeah. Thanks very yeah. much.
1: Yeah, no, yeah Extraction obviously- was the one that did it the best, I reckon. Extraction 2 with the- um, The uh, the Handler. The Handler lady. Yeah. Oh, she my was in God. both. She- yeah, know she was in both. I I watched the first one when it came out, so I don't have an enormous amount of memory about what actually even happened she in the She just first took one. a
0: couple of shots in the first one.
1: I watched the oh, other one. Oh,
0: she yeah. was- I, she look. She wasn't important until the end of the film, but she she was pretty
1: important in the bridge scene at the end. In the yeah. second one, is a she's badass. She's also fucking smoking. And the the fight scene that they throw her into on the uh, the roof at the helicopter, where she's up against the two other yeah, yeah, special yeah. forces commandos, the way they choreograph that, and this is down to the stuntman. Uh, he the, the director, who's the the, the stuntman I I choreographer, what about to say. Yeah, yeah. is. The way they do those fight scenes with her is so complementary to her body size and style Mm -hmm. that it rolls and it feels natural. It's not a a, a small, petite, 50-kilo woman. I don't know how much she weighs. But taking a full-blown hook punch from a 120-kilo male, she – rolls and does these MMA moves where she tangles yeah. and rolls and uses the body weight against them and continues on, takes them out, moves on to the next it's one. Early it's early Black mm. Widow,
2: the way that early Black Widow fought in and
1: Iron Man 2, yeah. Exactly. And it's those, it's those sort of it's styles the that inertia. they need to be yeah. they need to be leaning more into. It's not it's it's unrealistic for any female to stand there and you put a, a a a female MMA up against the equal male MMA fighter, they're not going to be able to withstand the power that's there. But they might have the speed and the technique to take it out. And that's what they're leaning into in Extraction, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Also, well, is- if I'm going to die, it's
2: going to be with her sitting on top of me. Reloading a gun and then shooting me—like, what a way to go! I, know, my, my I, I think she comment, could just suffocate I, I me. Just, yeah, she,
3: <laughs> Be quite I know, happy to go that's, that,
2: that that's, way too. Yeah, yeah. But um, her name no, is. 100%, uh, the way the way she she uses the inertia of mm, the dudes against brilliant. them is, mm. is, is it's clever fighting, which is also a development we need to see in these films. We need. to It's also very real. It's also very. We need to get, to that. Yeah, need to, get so, to that. Like, this is now the, the move away from the uh, '90s action films where it was just like bombs go boom, like you know. And a bunch
0: of dudes, like a bunch of dudes, owning that whole genre. Um, so uh, her name is Gol, uh, Gol there Farahani. Yeah. Um, she is in both films. She is smoking fucking hot in in a very unusual kind of way, too. I don't know. If she's she's Iranian. Um, I was going to say I didn't know if she was Israeli or or kind of further north in in the Middle East. Um, I really thought that was cool because I had recently seen something about. Female martial arts or female female defense courses being specifically tailored, particularly around um, uh, jujitsu and uh, groundwork like judo roles and those sorts of things, but tailored to women hold their center of gravity and the concentration of weight in their body is distributed differently to men. And so, when you're teaching women self defense courses and you're tailoring them to women, you're actually tailoring them to the to the specifics of their body shape and their body. Their, where their weight and dynamics kind of and their power comes from. I thought yeah. that was very interesting because they did that very well, as you say, in Extraction 2. It's because every regular dude still punches like Indiana Jones when <laughs> his wine <arm> straight back <laughs> and just fucking throws it
1: forward.
3: Yeah. yeah. Or so the haymaker. A,
1: I think this is a, a stark contrast to um, going back to what we spoke about uh, earlier in the show about um, The Witcher 3. So when Siri gets caught by the uh, I think she gets attacked by the Squiretel or somebody within the the, the the ruins where the roses are season three and Scoia-tel, yep yeah she's got three grown men fucking what's going his name Amal? And- came in come yeah later on yeah going up against a 15 year old girl and she stands there and blocks their punches there's no rolling with it there's no yeah, 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 there's yeah. no using the inertia of the fight and it looked like a it was one of the biggest chorea- chore choreography missteps i think they took in that series i think it's they did they- it on purpose though and i think it was designed to send the wrong message
0: i think it was it was specifically designed to say I am the next Geralt.
1: I'm going to approach this fight the way that Geralt would. I was trying it to was, make it. It was done wrong because you've got a six-foot, six-giant, 130 It was a physical kilo, impossibility. It was a physical impossibility as we, if they rolled with it the same way they did in an extraction and taught technique, which is what the witches would have taught her and did yes. teach her in the Cause, book.
3: Because you have the, is-
0: the house of the cat.
1: So it's not like
0: they're, they're immune to the concept of being
1: lithe and, and agile. But the, all of the all of the witches are. I mean, even speaking in the in the in the books when they when Lambert's training Siri, it's it's just it's it's stop pirouette, duck, dodge, sidestep, pirouette. and, the, and this is it's 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 a dance to them. It's mm. a you need to do this, and that didn't come. And the across best fight scenes in Witcher were dancers. You have were dancers. That's yeah. exactly it. And That's if the way they- Geralt fights in the game is he fights like a dancer. Mm. Mm. So if they if they'd lent into that and given Siri that more, okay, you've got a fifteen year old girl, you've got four full grown hundred kilo males coming at her, do these roles, do these moves, use this inertia, it would have been such a more beautiful fight scene and yeah. something that could have been equal to what they did in Extraction, mm. and and. Brought through, and I just it's a huge misstep. I know it's different people, different stunt choreographers, and um, uh, and different budgets, Mm. but uh, it's it's it would have made all the difference, I think. I so so just on the violence, so when
0: you went to the to the to the bathroom, Dan, we were talking about the kind of the the changes in the portrayal of violence in action films over the last 30 years, and and Mm. I think with with some with some outliers like Sisu. We have a lot less gore and and um, glorification of violence in mm. action films these days. And whilst we've talked about, like John Wick, lots of dudes get macked by guns. Um, Sisu, lots of people, like lots of gory violence. Extraction 1 or 2, lots of people die, but again, it wasn't too... It's not like arms get chopped off and blood. Are you comes about to say it's out. not
2: fucking gory? Because
0: that <laughs> film was fucking outrageous He ripped a dude's hand in half. <laughs> he <laughs> crushes a dude in a waste machine. Yep. Fuck me. What I was gonna say though is they're almost all outliers to the <gasps> to to most of the action that we're watching these days, and that is superhero films, where there's almost zero gore, there's no blood. Mm. Can you imagine a boat chain cutting someone in half today on a movie? The way that Die Hard with Vengeance did. It would what be. Was that, what was that? Of- ghost
2: ghost film uh, from like the early two thousands? And it's the I think it's just called Ghost Ship. And the opening of it is uh, <laughs> yeah. the wire going
0: through everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think of. But like, unless you're watching a horror film, there I, it, there isn't that much that glorification of violence anymore. I think that has changed as well.
1: Um, I think the respectable or, use of it has come. I don't in know. Too. There's been
2: plenty of films I've watched recently where like someone really like. Shatters a leg bone or an arm bone. It's like it's not the kill; it's the wounding. I think mm, gotten, mm. that's gotten, I guess, a bit more savage.
0: So, so here's a here's a question: Do yes. you think that? Do you think there's been a movie released in the last five years that you would call an action film that is better than Die Hard with Vengeance? Yes, I haven't
2: I don't remember the last time I watched Die Hard with a vengeance I'm I need to go back It's one back of to my the- all-time favorite action I love Die Hard with a
0: vengeance yeah It was yeah. the for me it was a perfect perfect balance of
1: dr- drama tension action and comedy hmm. But it was also a clever evolution of the Die Hard series Yes the first two could have are uh, translatable to be the same
3: Yeah yeah
1: the set same. in a different in a s- different setting yeah, I and so chose it, my words wrong there. It but. was a clever. It was a clever evolution of. We need to do something new, or this one's going to flop. And mm. they they had a, a a good writing and a good production team to to come through and successfully do that in a time where they probably stepped well outside what sequels were doing. Yeah. To 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 be which was just different.
0: milk that fucking cow.
1: Well, it was, but I mean, you, you look at things like uh, Rambo: First Blood, First Blood Part Two, and then you go mm. into the drastic change that is Rambo Three, and that was a huge.
3: Oh, I even shift. think I
1: even think that no, there's a there's a bigger shift between Rambo One and Rambo Two. Well, there is because Rambo War- One.
2: Well, Rambo yeah. One, he kills one dude. Rambo Two, he kills like seventy.
1: Because Rambo yes, One kills really all
2: deals the with dudes. the PTSD. <laughs> he kill- he It's him dealing with his PTSD more than it's him being. And then suddenly in Rambo Two, it's like, well, John Rambo's a killing machine, so we better get him out there killing.
0: Mm.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. So it's it's yeah. It's not him dealing with um coming back from the war and being yeah being mistreated and slipping back into that war mentality. It's that's that's changed. But three has that big shift where it's headband Rambo, yeah, un- unrealistic. Exploding tipped arrows, taking out helicopters, muscles twitching while he's, the, uh, while he's holding the while he's holding the M sixteen, the whatever it is the not a chain gun, but the bullet feed. Um, so there's the massive shift there, and I mean they could have taken that route and sent and sent John McClane down the unrealistic, but they didn't. They made him a broken no, it was, alcoholic it was, man. It was and, grounded and yeah. a, and and a proper story, and but it, like that's where it makes a difference.
0: So so the reason I ask the question I look at the the and and they're just the examples right so there's a million other action films we've seen in the last 30 years but if I look, John Wick is excellent but not flawless Sisu was was I think an outlier I think we just have to put that aside because it That's is its different. own it's very thing. different yeah, yeah. yeah But Extraction 1 and 2 were good films but surprisingly good in an and and for it to be surprising means it stands out from other stuff we've seen recently in that same kind of vein bullet train was good gray man was good surprisingly good ghosted was a bit bit meh but it wasn't bad but to me I would I would take die hard with vengeance over every single one of those films every single one of them
2: oh well, I, I actually so I was thinking a real I think one of the really good action films I've seen recently which stuck with me posted has been like nobody that was mm-hmm. a with with Bob Odenkirk, that was yeah. such a good film. Mm. Um, but for the way it did, kind of, I guess, stand out in its in its own kind of way, and that's that's pretty recent. That I was not seen two years
3: ago. Oh,
2: Pete, yeah. another one of you your go. list. You got, got a couple of that. Movies. I've <laughs> <Guard> and Nobody, <laughs> <laughs> followed by True
0: Detective. Yeah, <laughs> and and I've got to play Skate three tonight too. Oh, Pete. I think Actually, Pete, the one thing I did want to ask
2: you because I went to try and do this the other day, and because I don't have. Paramount Plus, I couldn't, but I wanted to. I, I, I'm kind of keen. I haven't really seen a Mission Impossible since I think four. Okay, I think four was the last one I want. But I that's can lend actually, you the
0: DVD box set if it helps.
2: Please. Um. Uh. But uh, in terms of it, talking about action films in the last twenty, thirty years. Yeah. How about the like? As you've seen them all, haven't you? Hmm. Yeah, but was just like the way they've adapted over the years that like that's like a pretty good like bond. It's a nice They were stream. influenced.
0: Yeah. So 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 Mission Impossible in my opinion has been influenced pretty heavily by Bourne. Yeah. It when I mean look the first Mission Impossible did something that we hadn't seen and that was the the spy modern spycraft. Yes. It stepped away from Cold War era tension building. Uh, and their spycraft was more about technology-driven changes, hmm. and it did it in a very interesting and surprising way, like the masks, like the the um, uh, uh, Seymour Hoffman.
3: What was his yeah. first name? John. Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip.
0: Philip Seymour Hoffman. That was the second movie. Third. Mm, Third. Yeah. Third. Okay. Okay. Third. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm not going to look it up. I, I trust you. Say it's third, a third one more film. time,
2: motherfucker. Third. <laughs> I dare you. I double dog dare you. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I. I don't know. It's. I. To be honest, Mission Impossible stands apart from most action franchises because it's more about the spectacle. It's almost the Michael Bay, but mm-hmm. with stunts instead of explosions. It's not yeah. an action film in that in the traditional sense. It is, but at the same time, it's it's kind of its own thing. I think it's not competing with anything else is, is why I say it's its own thing. Mm. The only thing Mission Impossible eight, I think we're up to, or seven. Yeah. The only thing that movie is competing with is itself. It's the sixth well, movie. It's, it's it's yeah, it's how it's big gotta make can the stunt
2: make his, his one stunt this time. Like
0: And and as much as I think the guy's a fucking wanker, on film he's he's a fucking good actor who is Entrenched in his craft in a way that I wish more actors were. He's oh, you just, can't you
2: can't fault the man's self belief. Like,
0: yeah, but but without the negative connotations of that statement as well. I mean, I, I said this before when we talked about um, uh, Top Gun Maverick. We hmm. would not have a Top Gun film or a second Top Gun film if he hadn't invested his own time, money, and an aircraft that into making kind of, that, that, that That's film.
2: kind of what I meant by self belief, though. Is like he pushes. He yeah. he makes the thing he makes the things he's his passion. He manifests his own destiny. Let's put it that yeah. way. There you go.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. I think we need to close this chapter of the discussion and I need to take a leak before we or before well, we I talk do. about my fourth beer.
2: Yes, we need to do the fourth.
0: Do you guys um, want to start with your fourth beers? Mm-hmm. I'll
2: start with my fourth beer because yep. it's delicious. Um I have gone south for this beer. As south Ooh. as I can in on south. <laughs> These uh, how many states? Six, seven? I don't know. Um,
1: states and territories.
2: Yeah. Now I've gone to Tassie. I've gone for Fox Friday. Trust but verify. Black IPA. Oh, yeah. Nice. Is it good? Is it- oh, <laughs> no. it's good. It's good. It's it's dark, roasty, hoppy, dank. Mm. It is. It is. They've done well this. I know you didn't like that last beer we had of this. Um, uh, didn't I? What was the last one I heard of this? We had a pilsner of theirs that you absolutely tore to shreds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. It was ruthless. Uh, so they've used... Uh, what I love about the, the Fox Friday brand um, and their packaging is that they they are one of those brews that list everything on there. They're not hiding anything. They're telling you exactly what they use. Um, so first, we'll start with the hops. They've used Simcoe and Amarillo. So, um, that's what you want mm-hmm. in, your, in your black IPA. Yep. Uh, the malts they've used is pale, malted oats, Kara Munich T two Midnight Wheat and Cinema, um, and then oh, used- Cinema
1: is not a malt. Yeah, it's a malt extract. Yeah, it's a it's a liquefied dark extract taken from Carafa three malt with it. So mm-hmm. it gives you it gives you colour without giving you flavour.
2: Oh, okay, interesting.
1: See um- on this podcast, people know stuff. And then- <laughs> So refreshing. What you don't is, write shit down in the fucking show notes, though.
2: B, BRY 97 as a yeast? Is that BRY 97,
1: 97 is the Lalamond West Coast Ale Yeast.
2: Well Fucking that explains spoken it like, <laughs> Spoken like a, someone- This, this <laughs> is sensational. This is, this is very, it is very a very tasty. good yeast. Yeah. This is a Only really, a fucking
0: really, head brewer would know that shit, Dan. <laughs> like, that's why we keep around. My, my encyclopedic knowledge of fucking beer.
2: Yeah, as he, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, this is this is a cracking black IPA. It is, as I said, it's really nice and roasty. Um, and and I know you can't really taste dark, but you can. Um, but it tastes dark, and then it's just got this really nice hit of hops and dank coming through. Um, mm-hmm. that is that is sensational. Yes, I might have some bias towards the black IPA style because it is <laughs> the greatest style known to man. Um. <laughs> But uh, that, is, that is a very good example of all the black IPAs I've had. It's very, very tasty. That is a 4.75. Excellent. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just um, think it, it, needs, it needs a little, the hops are at like, like an eight and I would mm. like them to go up to a 10. Just needs mm. a little bit more punch in the face of that hoppy, hoppy <laughs> dankiness,
0: yeah. Mm. Can I get you to fill in the show
1: notes? Yes, yeah, Chef, right away, place- Chef. Um, Dan, what are you drinking, mate? I am drinking. Uh, full disclosure, I got this can for free um, from Z German. Um, we're drinking. I'm drinking uh, filter super, cool. super super cool lager. It's their cold. Um, I probably should have read this in a better light. It's their cold fermented um, hoppy lager. Uh, it's a new super cool lager, super clean, crisp, refreshing. Uh, brewed with extreme sessionability, light malt body, classic dry frit, Inspired by oh, this is a Japanese rice lager, is what it is. Nice. Um, so this
0: this, I, is, this podcast is taking on quite a Oriental theme this episode.
1: I decided to have this last to make sure it cut through the all the the, the sugar from the the cannoli sweet mm. sour that mm. I just had. And it's wonderfully—it's uh, got a mild haze to it, but mm. it's a—it's a beautiful, clean, fresh, light-bodied, dry rice lager that has a real nice uh, American hop hit to it. It's a—it's a really beautiful finish to the beers I've had tonight. So I'm very happy with that. I'm going to give it a solid four point two five.
3: Ooh, ooh.
2: I didn't say it on the recording when I was waxing lyrical about the beauty of black IPAs, but mine is 7.3%. Oof.
0: Ooh.
3: Oof. Delightful.
0: is nice. it? It's, I, I've got to admit, I, the beer that I'm drinking, I thought was a big beer. Um, it is not. I think ha. it should be. Fooled again. Yes. So this is uh, Sailor's Grave Hanabi. hmm mm. Which is why I say this is taking on quite the Oriental theme. This this uh, podcast. So this is a Japanese. For me, I,
2: I obviously missed that memo because nothing that I've had. <laughs> yeah, but has we've been
0: also remotely Oriental. But though. we also talked about American-born Chinese, and there were some other Oriental fucking themes
1: throughout the episode. So anyway, bullet um, train set in Tokyo, drawing teams- a long bow there, but sure,
3: go ahead. <laughs> hey, well,
1: Pete was the one that brought it up, so
0: yeah. um, yes. Peter, how is it? It's Great. It is a Japanese style dark lager with Sancho pepper.
2: Uh, poison.
0: Uh, poison. Is it a chili? Is it? Oh, yeah. That, that shit would kill me. Okay. Sounded, I didn't know. It
1: sounded like a chili to me. What
0: a way to be. Could what have just I been a type human. of fucking pepper, cracked pepper. I don't know. <laughs> cracked. pepper.
2: Are you looking <laughs> it up, Tom? To see oh, what am I ever?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, co- collab with Craft Rock Brewing. A the first lager... thing that comes
2: up is actually a YouTube. When I check in Sancho Pepper, the first thing that comes up is a link to Real Ale Craft Beer reviewing this beer. Look
0: at that. Mm. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, a dark lager brewed with rice and Japanese Sancho Pepper, uh, the citrusness of Sancho sparkles like fireworks in the night sky. Collab with Craft Rock Brewing. Um, it's excellent, I have to say. It's only 5%. It, hmm. The only thing that lets this beer down is I really think it should have been Seven and a half percent, somewhere mm-hmm. in that space. I just, I just think it needs. So what is like, it? A r- a really big, bite. big lager. How yeah. much is it? Uh Five percent. Oh, okay.
1: So you I want just, it like over two percent more?
0: Yeah, I just think it just it, It's power it's, level. It's,
1: it's over nine thousand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's it's begging for that the the sharp bite of alcohol. Mm, okay.
1: Uh, um So. Not something that's usually said about a uh, a lager. It's,
0: it's very floral. Okay.
1: It has a it has a
0: level of sweetness to it. That's it's not an obvious sweetness, but that is what I'm kind of getting. But it's got a so a think, real.
1: It's, are it's are funny. You, my sorry. A, a bigger hit of bitterness would have been something that could have it substituted for that balance. No. So if 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 you made it.
0: If you made it bitter, it would erode the, the sweetness levels, and mm, I actually yeah. think it needs to finish sweet. Um, it finishes very dry. My broken nasal cavities, because I've got a block nose right this minute, I've got a block nose, smells like soy sauce. Um, I don't know why, but it doesn't taste anything like soy sauce at all. Okay, good. <laughs> but it tastes very floral with a sweet mm. finish. With a sweet okay. dry finish, um, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it though. It is excellent. I just really wish it had just a bit more, bit more ABV. Just I just feel like it just could a little really, kicker for good. the end of your evening. Yeah, no, it mm. it, it could have. I mean, yeah, look, I I've got ten percenters in the fridge, but I just think it really could have done with a bit of a punch to it. That's all. Mm. Um, I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. I'm glad that's how I finished my night. Well. Finish the podcast. I think I might crack one of those tenors. Um Yes. Dark line. Yeah, uh,
2: the the Sancho pepper, by the way, is is not a like chili chili, but it, it does contain some tingly heat.
0: Okay. You're not getting I'm not
1: getting any heat whatsoever. But it's yeah, in that, um it's in that like pepper capsicum family, is it? Uh more towards the not the
2: pepper in terms of like ground pepper, like what Pete was kind of more. So. Yeah, okay, That's so like,
0: pepper pepper, like Yeah, yeah, pepper yeah, berries. okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I wasn't completely wrong. No,
1: you weren't for once. Usually, I'm, asshole. Fuck but- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you very much. <laughs> hey, hey, Dan. Are yeah. you winning, son? Yeah, I am. I finally finished Doom Eternal. Finally. Yay. After such a long time of playing it. And I got up to the last mission just before I had to deconstruct my PC for five or six weeks and uh, move out of home because of unknown burning issues. Um, uh, but it it was... I don't think I've ever gone back to a game after disliking it as much as I did dislike Doom yeah, Eternal. Yeah, because you really sat mm. on it when you first went through it. Yeah.
0: I don't think that's a fair characterization of what he said on the podcast. I just think... Dan, you made it very clear that it didn't have the gravity and a lot of the stuff that you really enjoyed about 2016 Doom wasn't and, present.
1: And I still don't think it, didn't it does. Shit on it. Yeah, I, I still, I still well, enjoyed the, I the in the Dan way. I'll do an, I'm gonna go in, in instant
0: replay. I'm going to, I'm going no, to go that.
2: back and read, and read the receipts. I'm, I'm just going off memory. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, um, I. I Yes. Anyway, we got to a, we got to a point. I, I jumped back into it because I really wanted to re get into the world of Doom because I fucking love it. I think it's so fast paced, and I love the, the 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 Doom Slayer and like just randomly pulling eyeballs out of demons and shoving them down their throats and all the other shit you do when you do the glory kills. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it, it was. I jumped back in. Uh, I gave it. I gave it a fair go, and I played on Wuss mode all the way through, and. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and the turning point in the story, like I said to you guys, if I hadn't have had the subtitles on, I wouldn't have even noticed. I'd been skipping the law books that you pick up and not yeah. reading them, um, just because it's I didn't of you. think it had much gravitas in a doom game. Um, and then something was said in a cutscene, and I'm like, but it was just, it was, it was a line. If you blinked, you missed it. If you didn't have the subtitles on, you missed it. And I'm like. Oh, that's interesting. And then the very next law book I picked up directly referenced what I'd saw. So they knew this was going to happen. They had this in mind when they developed it and laid the law books out and the cutscenes out and everything that was said in a specific way it was said in these in this game. Hmm. And from there on out, the last third of the game, I read every law book I picked <laughs> up, and it just yeah, it, fuck you, Suey. It made me giddy and it made me happy that they had directly linked Doom Eternal back to the very first Doom game. Oh wow. Hmm. And I was so happy and so thrilled that they'd put this through line in and it just and then there's and you get to even more towards the end, and the Doom Slayer walks through an automated door. That opens for him, and the voice that comes over—it says something that is never referenced again and never spoken about again. But you go, "Ooh,
3: <laughs>
1: that was something." And then they, it did—they—they they completely ignore it. it. It's not spoken about again. It's—it's—it's it's, it's literally left up to your interpretation of what's been said and what's presented mm. to you in the the law books, and how you continue on through these last few cutscenes about. Who the Doom Slayer is and where he fits into this world. And the 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 end of this game, it actually it really fleshes out what what is happening in hell, earth, and heaven. And mm. across the across the environments. And, and heaven. Well, not necessarily That's, heaven, but okay. the, the 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 other realms are involved. The counterpoint to hell. Yeah, and it's not even really hell. It's just an internal, a, a, an alternate dimension that is mm. within the Earth realm. And it, it, it without giving you spoilers, because I know Tom wants to yeah. play it, and I don't want to throw these things away because I was absolutely enamored. Enamored is that the right word? encapsulated yes, yes. by the. No, by enamored. The, by, the last third of the game. You were enslaved line, by the Doomslayer. It definitely was. <laughs> it was. It was. It was brilliant, and I loved it. And it. It still. I still preferred 2016 when it came to navigating the environment. It was the gritty uh, space base on Mars, yeah, that you played through. As where Eternal through a whole bunch of different. It had floating platforms for you to jump to and. There was glowing globes that would like replenish your your um your your dash as you jumped through the air, and that's the stuff I didn't like about Eternal. It mm. didn't feel like it was a bit too arcadey. Massive real massive quotations real world. Uh, as, <laughs> where, as where as e- Eternal Eternal really broke broke that wall about being an arcadey game. Um, right, but the because I found behind it was beautiful.
0: Because I found twenty sixteen Doom twenty sixteen is very very arcadey.
1: No, it has a gravity a, about e- it. Eternal is very much more arcadey. So you have you have swirling tri armed flaming balls like windmill things that are just floating in the middle of the air because you need to jump through them and do a platforming level to get to the next the next <laughs> section. Right. Okay. So that's the level of difference in the arcadey. So. 16 is completely grounded in comparison to where to where <laughs> Eternal is. 2016 and-
2: is just a lesson in um, never stop moving.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, and Eternal is never stop moving, but use every single ability and power they give you to finish the game. Because if you don't, 2016, you had armor caches, um, like um, ammo caches that you could replenish all of your ammo, and there was a lot more Unless ammo. Unless you were drops. playing
2: on the hardest level, like that, that uh, I did, and that.
1: Well, Eternal, you don't get any of that until you do glory kills and um, not glory (laughs) kills, um, uh, chainsaw kills. So you need to do chainsaw kills on enemies to get ammo. Otherwise, you can literally run out of ammo. So in 2016, you had a pistol that never ran out. Yeah. Infinite ammo. Eternal, you do not have that. But it will spawn the lowest level enemy um, every now and then, in, a, in an arena, so you can chainsaw kill them to get more ammo. Get more ammo, but you need to use your abilities to boost up your armor, to boost up your health, to build, to like do all these things, and chain all these bits and pieces together. So, it's it's. I would find myself once I finish an arena having to pull back from. Leaning into the camera, <laughs> leaning into the monitor, because my, my heart rate was going, and I would just get more and more tense, and I'd have to pull back. So I'm yep. so glad I finished it. I'm definitely going to jump into the two expansions they've got, even though they haven't got great reviews, just because I want more. I want more Doom. Mm. No, yeah, it, fair enough. I just want more Doom. So, mm. who's nice. next? Peter, who's winning are you sun next?
2: Peter? You winning, son? Tell us about your Xbox.
0: Fucking
1: traitor! I
0: <laughs> um, it was really good. Uh, hmm. <laughs> high on life. Let's, let's, let's talk let's about. Start with your life. game. Yes. Let's start with yeah. the game. It was exactly what I thought it would be. It was funny all the way through. It was, it got a little boring towards the end. Um, In like, terms of like, formulaic. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You could tell like there wasn't a whole lot of scope. Right. It was even even to the point where because there's more than one gun. That's the one thing that you don't kind of know from watching the trailers that we watched. There are more than one gun, and they have different mechanics around them. They have different voicing. Um, I think you the, made DS,
2: the-, the DLC is based around the knife, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and the knife turns into a chain knife or a chain yeah. sword from hmm. 40K for, for reasons. For reasons, yeah, I don't yeah. know, um, and and like the voicing is fucking hilarious. The humor is like Rick and Morty level funny. Like yeah. I laughed my ass off throughout it, and uh, and you you never get sick of hearing Justin Roiland's voice in the Gun. Hmm. He just uh, all through like a lot of the characters. It's just a zany, funny video game in the way that Abe's yeah. Odyssey was. Yeah. Cool. Um. The Xbox itself, yeah, the controller is the letdown hmm. in a lot of it ways. Has the, been, yeah, the controller is a letdown. I mean, it, it's not as pregnant as it used to be. Like the like the feeling to go from PS Five to Dual Sense to or is it called Dual Sense? Sense, no,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sense controller. Yeah,
0: to go to to go from the PS Five controller to the Xbox controller doesn't feel as physically different in your hand as it used to between Xbox no, and PlayStation. No, but in the, the, past. the dual the dual sense definitely shifted towards the Xbox. The, controller. the fatter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But for a console that costs the same as a as a PlayStation 5, Wowzers, the idea that you have fucking double A batteries, non-rechargeable. Yeah,
2: that's fucked.
0: Like what the fuck? I mm. was I was my mind was blown when I opened that. When Xbox you got to look up like
2: how much does Microsoft have um, invested in Energizer, like
3: or like, <laughs> Duracell, or, like, or yeah. Duracell yeah. yeah, yeah. Like,
0: like it really, genuinely, I was like, are you fucking kidding? Like, mm. they give you that little plastic wrapped pack of AA batteries, and I'm like, I, I just really in 2012. When when was it released? Probably 2010, I suppose. The Xbox, mm-hmm? yeah. No, what like two thousands
2: two thousand like early two thousands. I remember playing it through high school. Halo came series out. Series like
0: two- X, the 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 current generation Xbox. Oh, no, two thousand twenty? Twenty one? Yeah. yeah. Twenty twenty. So so it's a it's, you know, but for the idea of 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 them releasing a non-rechargeable fucking yeah, it's battery. 12. Is that what I said?
2: Sorry, yeah, yeah, twelve. Yeah. That's why um, you confused us. Th-
0: 21 in my head. Sorry.
2: <laughs> anyway, so Pete's picked up a pre-generation
3: Xbox. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just the idea that that in modern times you could release a console that's still battery powered. It's just mind-blowingly bad. Well, it could and be worse. This- it could be
2: on the old crank at the front. Hey, eh? you gotta wind it up. See? Start
0: the engine. There's there's also this this plastic texture. Carved mm-hmm. into the back of the controller that feels like fucking sandpaper. Uh, like it, it, didn't quite like a like a grip thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it's and, and I'm sure it's a bit, no one's that fucking sweaty. Like it is. It's almost irritated my skin. It's Xbox, right, fucking right on that, right on that fucking sweaty borderline. trolls
2: that live under bridges and <laughs> suck the joy out of everything that ever existed.
1: Yeah, so, James, hello, if you keep listening to this, um, this episode. Yeah, you sweaty Xbox troll.
0: <laughs> but it, it borderline irritated my skin. Like, oh, it's unpleasant. Yeah. It is it it is unpleasant. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, it would be like, and I'm, it's funny because I'm playing with some Velcro, it would be like putting the teeth of Velcro, the hard part of Velcro, on the back of a controller. It just mm. just doesn't feel right. Oh, doesn't it? But, yeah, high on life was... was Fun. I will play it again. Yep. I'm not going to play it again immediately because like, I just finished the game and I, the idea of paying 90 bucks for a game I paid $1 for. just doesn't hmm. rub me the right way. I'm going to go play BG3, which I didn't realize is already out. So that'll be me tonight.
3: It's, it's, I don't think
0: it's out. I don't think it's out on PlayStation. It came release, out date, on- release date for PS5 was two days ago, I think.
3: Yes, y- because I watched a sure? video.
2: I watched a video of all the streamers discovering you can take off all the clothes and then change penis sizes,
0: and they're all very confused. Wow!
2: Like you, it's not like you know when we'll you lose all your clothes. To why
0: that's even a thing?
2: Oh yeah, well you know, like in most RPG games, you take the clothes off an enemy, and it's just yeah, like they've got, got the underpants on. They got the weird the undies on. on yeah. The cloth <laughs> undies on. Yeah, nah, nah. Yeah. This is full blown nudity. There's like there was a whole thing today, like a uh, thing of streamers like going, "Oh shit, that's a massive dick." Okay, okay. well.
0: I mean, no, I, I wonder I if it's like orcs, the, the start of Mario, goblins, 60, Mario 64 where you get to like,
2: you used to be able to pull Mario's face by clicking and swing <laughs> You can just do that with the dick. Set a pendulum motor like.
0: Okay. A
1: Newton's cradle.
2: Perpetual motion. Hey,
0: you want to see my Newton's cradle? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. 3rd <laughs> of August.
1: It came out so two oh, days it's The fifth of August. So yep, yep, yeah, you're yep. on. I okay. got. I thought third of August was just the the PC full release.
0: Mm, don't think.
1: I I hope you're wrong. Um. So I'll be playing that tonight. Uh, also, yeah, my my PC, my PC, my Steam download on my PC was eighty one gigabytes. Even though I've had the game for two, two and a half years. And the advice that everyone's giving. Yeah, for Baldur's Gate three. Yeah.
0: The advice everyone is giving is delete your your pre release save games before Mm. you before you start the game. Oh, I Um, haven't.
2: I knew uh, the uh, saves. No, Peter, Baldur's Gate three is still under pre order on the PlayStation Store. Damn it!
1: Yeah, third of August was the PC release.
2: But uh, hang on. Uh, Yeah, no, it's not out for another
0: month. Yeah, motherfucker.
1: Yeah, sorry, pal. Sure, I was right about that.
0: Larian is apparently having trouble uh, fitting the game on Xbox, Xbox Series S. So at this point, it's an accidental exclusive. They have every intention of releasing it to Xbox, but they can't do it at
1: the they moment. They can't fit it. They can't fit yeah. it on the hard drive.
2: Sorry, yeah. I, will, I will just fact-check myself there. So 3rd of September is the Digital Deluxe Edition, which gives you the 72 hours early access, and you paid 20 bucks more. The base game comes out on the 7th
0: of September. That sucks dick because it clashes with when Starfield out.
1: I'm
0: pretty sure it's around the same time. I reckon
1: Baldur's Gate's like 6th of September. Yeah.
0: So they both come out basically on the same fucking day. That's all right. You can go download um, PGA 20K 2.3 and play some golf all night. <laughs>
3: um,
0: the other thing I just wanted to mention on that is that uh, Larian has confirmed that after a creative break, they will be returning to the Divinity Original Sin world and releasing a third third yeah. game, which I'm very happy about. Yeah. Are any in excess involved? Tom, after you finish giving yourself an uppercut- <laughs> Are you winning, I am son? winning, son? Oh,
2: oh! I crack myself up so often. And look, if you're not making jokes for yourself, who are you making jokes for? That's that's the thing I say in in my daily life, and what I say to Emma every time. She's like, "Stop laughing at yourself." I was like, "No, I'm hilarious." Um, I oh, look. I'm back in Skyrim. I'm loving every second of it. That's uh, I am. I don't know how many hours in. I don't know. I've had this week off. I've got next week off, and I've literally just. Literally been playing the the mantra of wake up Skyrim, eat Skyrim, <laughs> repeat sleep. Like it's all I've been doing. Walk, it's been Jasper. great. Yeah, yeah. He's not getting a second walk tonight. Sorry, pal. Um, yeah, it's it's look for for a ten year old game. It's 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 holding up. Um, the the changes they made for because I've got the the special edition they released for the PS5, PS4. Um, yeah, there there are some slight enhancements they've made. It still looks and feels like it did on the PS3. Um but look, nothing nothing beats just meandering through the wilderness at night and you look mm. up and the music's playing, there's a, a a borealis going across the sky and then the two moons are rising in the east and you're just like fuck, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back where right I belong. Um so yeah, I um I I forgot that you could be everything all at once, not everywhere. You can be everything mm. all at once in, in this game. So, yes, I'm, mm. I'm currently halfway. No, I'm two-thirds of the way through the Companions Quest. I've just started Thieves Guild. I've done the initial part of the Dark Brotherhood. I've joined the college in Winter Hell, Winterhold, um, and I've done the most RPG thing I can in this modern day and era, and I've bought three plots of land and built three houses on it. Um because <laughs> I can't do that in real life, uh because of the world we live in. So yeah, no, that's that was uh, Emma was just like, Are you actually building houses? I was like, Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. That's what I'm doing. It's a role playing game. It's, it's it's fantasy. It's fantasy, so it's a fantasy role playing game. So I build houses. Um yeah, look, it's 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 held up. It, it really does.
0: Um, I genuinely don't remember playing the game for that long. I, oh
2: I, man! It would have been recorded on this sink,
0: podcast at the very start,
2: but I'm going to sync easily. Ah, uh, I could actually I can probably look up how long I've put into it so far, um, and I can on my Steam as well. Yeah. So so far, I have played it 28 times. I have put 68 hours into it, and I'm currently sitting at 32 percent of the trophies required. <laughs> For, for, for everything, for all the DLCs. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. throw, I've am going to i never played the DLCs, so I'm really excited to be through them. Um, my average play time is probably false. It says I only play for two hours and 26 minutes at a time. Absolutely balderdash. That is, that is a lie and a half. I sit there for eight hours a day at the moment, just smashing through um, quests. I definitely did have to turn on the... Every time I walk through a door that goes to a new area, it auto-saves because I always forget yep. to save. Um and fuck me, the amount of times I've, I've been running around the wilderness doing shit and discovering new places and like, oh, I'll probably have to come back to that later. I'll come back to that later. And then you just like run down the wilderness and you jump off a mountain. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to die. Yep, yep, <laughs> here we go. Shit. And then you die and reset and it's like, oh, I just lost like 40 minutes of exploring. <laughs> Fucking hell. um But yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving being back. It's, it's, it is definitely hands down my favorite game of all time. I, I fucking love this game. Um uh Emma Emma's fear that I would because I listen to Skyrim music to fall asleep when I can't fall asleep sometimes. And so she was a bit worried that I'd be playing it and she'd walk out and like the music would just like lull me into a sense of <laughs> sleep and I'd be sitting there with the controller just like passed out. Hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. Um but yeah, probably because I'm shouting too much. you know, little <laughs> fuso da every Fuss every radar. every opportunity you can. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, loving it. Absolutely winning. Absolutely. That's winning. awesome.
1: It's awesome. Yeah. Cool. And that's us. That's us. I think Tom man. needs to hit the road an hour and 10 minutes late. Fuck the dogs. Fuck the dogs. Fuck the dogs. <laughs> nah, it's fine. I'm actually getting,
2: my my phone is blowing up next to me being like, where the fuck are you? We're trying to order dinner. I'm coming. I'm coming. I look right. at my line bike across the road waiting for me, my glorious chariot. At least it's still there.
0: You'd yeah. be shitty right now if someone had taken it.
2: Nah, I'm right near a train station. There's always like three or four there. So,
0: yeah. yeah, okay. Well, anyway. Thank you very, thank thank you very, very much for listening. If you've made it this far, um, hit that like button and subscribe and go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, please. Someone left us a four-star review. I, 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 I mean,
2: don't know who you are, but I have a very specific set <laughs> of
0: skills.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we had a one-star review and that was just like, wow. Well, oh, that's yeah. fair. No, no, that's entirely yeah, fair. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, please leave us a five star review. It helps the algorithm feed our shit to a larger audience. Um, mm. Yeah, we love that algorithm. We love
2: that algorithm. Yes. Yep. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Goodbye <laughs> and good luck. Bye.